the blast from our past network. Hi, all. Well, this is the composer, Richard Band. You might have heard music from a few of my films, like Reanimator and uh, From Beyond and Terrorvision. But right now, you're listening to Podcasting After Dark, a killer, killer show. Lock your doors, close your windows, turn out your lights, for chills and thrills await you. It's time for Podcasting After Dark with your hosts, Corey Stevenson and Zach Schaefer. Stay with a friend, say your prayers as grisly ghouls close in to seal your doom. Tonight's episode, Savage Streets, starring Linda Blair, John Vernon, and Robert Dreyer. Welcome to another titillating episode of Podcasting After Dark. It's me, it's Zach, one half of the dynamic duo, the Double D duo. Uh, (laughs) Oh boy, oh boy. We're starting out hot, baby. Uh, It's me, Zach, and joining me, as always, is my beautiful, illustrious co-host, the sleaziest of them all, Sleazy C. <laughs> What's up, brother? How's it going, buddy? <laughs> and it's it's hilarious that this is your pick, not mine. <laughs> well, well, there's a, there's a story yeah, with, I'm, with every one of my chit. As there always ones. is, right? <laughs> um, today, we are going to be talking about the 1984 vigilante cult classic, Savage Streets. And before we get into the synopsis and all the sha-sha-sha, the la-la-la, and all that ting-tong, walla-walla-bing-bong, a little backstory. I chose this one, as all of you faithful pad listeners know, I I love me a good vigilante uh, exploitation film, first of all. (laughs) Yes, yes. First of all, this checks a lot of Zach's marks. Yes, this does. And then second of all, um, I've got a little history with Linda Blair in a fun way, and... I have been sitting on this movie for well over a year, I oh. guess, almost a year now. Uh, we did the interv- I did the interview with Tony Timpone, which you can hear exclusively on Podcasting After Dark Patreon series. Uh, and I had told a really funny story, which I will tell on the air tonight, uh, about Linda Blair. And I thought, you know what? Of all her movies, we've got to do Savage Streets because a buddy of mine from high school, middle school named Dean reached out to me on Instagram almost a year ago and he said man if you if you ever do savage streets that would be so cool and i said it's coming don't worry it's coming <laughs> so i was scouring the um interwebs looking for this film and once again diabolique dvd you do not ever let me down my friends uh you had this film uh on back order and i put my name on the list you it, several months went by before it was back in stock and it was back in stock i bought two copies and the rest is history as they say her story uh and you know i, I it's beautiful code red put out this beautiful blu-ray i was gonna say uh, uh i am so fucking impressed by this cover by code red i mean uh, the transfer on on the blu-ray is, is beautiful as well and yes. actually the the menus it's actually a really good package for a company I've never even heard of. And I I just, I'm blown away by this this slipcase cover. The art is beautiful on this. And <laughs> like not even like like cool or something. It's legit beautiful art on this cover. Yeah, it, it is art that I would 
I put on my wall. Yeah, actually, it's yeah. probably one of my favorite slipcover uh, cover re- redone cover arts uh, I've seen in the past several years. Actually, it's one of my faves. One of my faves. It's definitely and, a top five for me. And I mean, as you guys yeah. know, uh, if you follow us on Instagram, I'm very vocal about my Holy Grail, Grail being the uh, Life Force UK Arrow release. Um, I think that art cover is one of the best pieces of of art I've ever seen for a Blu-ray disc ever. And uh, I'd say this is like this one's like number two or three. It is so goddamn impressive. Yeah, this this art uh, almost it's it's better than the movie yeah, itself. Yeah, yes, yes, <laughs> uh, on and, so many levels. Yes, yes, on so many levels. So so getting back to really quick why I chose this. Be- one of the other reasons I chose this movie is uh, I have yet to toe dip into the kind of sleaze uh, level of podcasting after dark, <laughs> and I thought, you know what? If this is going to be my first foray into the genre of semi sleaze, I'm going to go with Savage Streets because. Believe it or not, I really do dig this movie on many levels, and it's got a lot going on on many levels. <laughs> yes. Um, and so that's why I chose it. My backstory with it is I saw it maybe once or twice when I was a kid in parts on Cinemax late at night, first thing in the morning. Um, especially the third act I saw many times. I'd wake up to that in the morning, and I'd be like, oh, what's this? Ooh, what is this? And uh, and that's about my only connection with it. Um so I guess essentially I have seen it. It just I forgot a lot about it. Yeah. And oh baby, I was it was all brought back <laughs> in a, <laughs> the other night when I broke it down. Oh How man. How about you, Corey? Yeah. Um. Never seen it before. Before this, uh, seen the you know the cover, not the the code red cover, but the original cover, and uh, it just you know it wasn't those revenge films. Those you know they, they weren't really I guess my cup of tea as a kid, or you know, or, or probably more likely my dad didn't really rent him. He would he would get more of like a Steven Seagal thing or something, right? So like I'd see yep. it, I'd my eyeballs would glance over it, and uh, and and you know I'd see it, but I never actually watched it. Um, as I got older. Um, you know, and all that being said, I'm still also not familiar with Linda Blair's uh, body of work outside of The Exorcist, but I was very much aware <laughs> from a, a sleazy young age that she had <laughs> quite the the illustrious uh, skin career, um, or you know, like, like soft core type of stuff, you know, exploitation yeah. films, yeah. and uh, you know, I they're always circling around, you know, and I always was aware of them. But I always gravitated towards, um, you know, exploitation films by Joe D'Amato and stuff like that. And, you know, I guess it just didn't pop up on Cinemax when I happened to to catch it. I think, you know, I've seen probably parts of, like, Caged Heat or something like that. But um, I weirdly <laughs> have had a crush on Linda Blair in, like, this era Linda Blair. I mean, she's a beautiful woman now as well. Um, but yeah. I had a crush on her, but I never saw any of these movies. But I saw them in magazines. And, and later on the internet and stuff like that, I'm like, oh, wow, Linda Blair, you know, just holy moly. But, um, yeah, so, and then just a, Ooh, a quick, holy moly. a quick, like, oh, you know, high level sort of, you know, my takeaway from this film is, is that, dude, this is literally everything I wanted Podcast After Dark to be when I picked, pitched it to you. Yes. And uh, it's, and it's not to say that we, like, Podcast After Dark has ever been anything I didn't want it to be, or I think that we didn't want it to be. But like, yeah. this is kind of like the movies that I pictured in my head that that we would kind of get to. And boy, oh boy, was it worth the wait! <laughs> 
Um, you know, better late than never. Right. Uh, I did. I definitely wanted to uh, kind of save this one till we were kind of like knee deep into our selections. And so it's perfect timing. Yeah. You know, uh, really quick side note. I too uh, appreciate Linda Blair quite, quite a bit. And, uh, and I, my history with her, I might as well tell the story now. I was going to, I was going to make you tell it if you, if you weren't already planning on telling it. (laughs) Well, you know, and it doesn't take too much away from Tony Simpone's interview because that interview is more about him. Yes. But, uh, obviously, uh, but I used to work at tower records back in the day in Northern California and tower records would do, uh, CD release parties, DVD release parties, and the Exorcist had just gotten a deluxe special edition when it first kind of first came out on DVD back in the day. I'm, I want to say like 98, 99. Yeah, I was right? going to, I figured, yeah, I was wondering when that was, but probably right, right before 2000, right? Yeah, yeah. And so uh, they were going to have a big signing with the one, the only Linda Blair in Mountain View, California, of all places. <laughs> but it's Tower Records, you know, they've they've got a history. They're legendary. Yeah. So we were getting all set up for Linda's signing. And uh, the way the store is mapped out is you walk in the front doors. Uh, on the left-hand side is where the videos are, uh, the video section is. And then the main section is, like, where all the CDs are, right? And somewhere kind of in the middle of the main section, there's there's like the DJ booth. There's the where the, the they change out the CDs, the, the information booth, I guess. Yeah. Right. And um, that's where Linda was going to sign. She comes in. She's in the back room getting ready uh, to do her thing. And she's being super cordial and nice to everybody, like unbelievably nice. She's with her manager. That's it. Just her and her manager. And uh, she's talking to my manager who's getting her all set up and. And um, and so we put her in the booth. Different kind of managers. Yeah, different kind of managers. My manager for Tower Records was talking yeah. to her about getting her set up in the information booth. Yeah, and so um, uh, he gets her set up there, and then there's no music playing in the store. Well, we're getting ready for the signing. So the way that the signing is going to take place is the store closes, and they do the signing where they bring in people one at a time, basically to come up and she'll sign a DVD. Uh, I, I was like, there should be some music playing right now. So I said to my manager, I said, would you mind if I put on like the Exorcist soundtrack? And he's like, yeah, go for it. That, that's a great idea. Do it. So I run over to the information booth and she's sitting at the booth waiting for the people to come in. And the CD player is right between her legs oh. on the on the lower area. Oh my. I said, I'm so sorry to ask, but I would you mind uh, moving your legs so I can put a, uh, music on? And she's like, oh, I was hoping someone would put some music on. Sure, sweetie. Sure. And I've got like um, spiky bleached like frosted tips, you oh. know, a la Pacey from Dawson's Creek. Of course. I've, I've seen the pics, man. <laughs> Zach was <laughs> delicious back in the day. <laughs> yes. yes, I will. Uh, I will concur with that. I will. And, uh, and, and so she's like, yeah, that's a great idea or whatever. And I'm putting the CD in and she's like playing with my hair. She's like, Ooh, I love your hair. She's like, it's so crispy. Oh my God. <laughs> like, okay. So picture like my head's down by the side of her legs as I'm putting the CD in. Right. And she goes, what are you putting in? I said, oh, the Exorcist soundtrack? She goes, oh, God, please don't do that. Don't do not do that. Put Don't put that on. I'm like, oh, okay, well, what do you want me to put on? She's like, how about, do you have any Backstreet Boys? <laughs> and I said, yeah, I can put on some Backstreet. She's like, oh, my gosh, that's so that would be so great. Thank you. And so I go and get a brand new CD, and I rip the plastic off. I'm like, just get it in there. Yeah, you know? yeah. And I put the CD in, and she's like, 
uh, she's she's like, ah, your hair is it's so cute and, she, and totally like flirting with my head, I guess. And she's like <laughs> kind of giggling and laughing. And I said, well, I said, it's really nice to meet you. She goes, really nice to meet you, too. What's your name? I said, Zach. She's, she's like, um, do you want me to sign a DVD for you? I'm like, oh, sure. So she signs it to me. She says, Zach, you make my head spin. Love, Linda. And I'm sure. I'm like, ah, she writes that and everybody's right. Yeah. And uh, at the end of the night, after the signing's over, her manager comes up to me and she goes, you know, Linda would love for you to come. Uh, uh, she's having a gathering at her hotel later this evening. She'd really love for you to come. <laughs> a gathering her. of one. <laughs> yes. That's what I think. And I said, I said, uh, you know, I, I really can't. I got to get home to my girlfriend. And her manager goes, you sure? <laughs> you sure about that? And I go, I go, yes. <laughs> and that's the story. <laughs> and that's the story how Zach is one of the best guys in the entire world. He would not cheat on his then-girlfriend. Uh, I don't even know who it was at the time because I didn't know you back then. But it just goes to show how much of a stand-up guy you are and also oh, how much of an idiot you are, too. I, uh, thanks. I agree. <laughs> I totally agree. Because yes. if you knew my situation at the time, I should have, but uh, I didn't. You know? <laughs> but you're a good guy, and now you have a good story. Because, you know what, yeah, if, you exactly. went, if you went, you probably couldn't tell that story, you know? No, probably I would have had to sign NDA. Yep. Who knows? <laughs> probably. <laughs> but, you know, she. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm certain that we will have her on at some point, and that will definitely be a, a story to go over because I years later I saw her at she's a big animal advocate yes and I saw her at a um, uh, an event in LA for uh, fostering animals or something like that and near Amoeba Records of all places and um, R.I.P. Amoeba Records she recognized me she remembered who I was oh no shit and she's like oh my god you're that guy from that from Tower Records I'm like yeah that was it was like five years ago you know yeah I go you remember that she goes yeah, that was a crazy night. I go, oh, it was? Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh. Oh, well. <laughs> and here we are. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about Savage Streets. No, yeah, I'm yeah. Uh, But seriously. <laughs> yeah, we don't have to go over so, uh, yeah. Linda Blair's uh, <laughs> not discography, Jesus Christ. Resume. Resume, <laughs> Resume exactly. So Savage Streets. The little synopsis for IMDb says a teenage vigilante seeks revenge on a group of violent thugs who raped her handicapped sister and killed her best friend. Spoiler. Yeah, seriously, Jesus. right? Uh, right from the get go. Damn. Well, I wonder who her best friend is. And well, we find out in the first 10 minutes of the movie. But um, yeah, so this movie came out 84, you know, way after Death Wish, Vigilante, uh, sandwiched in vig Revenge exploitation films were hot in yeah. the early 80s hot 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 so this was just yet another uh you know run of the mill but i think there's it's got elements that make it stand out i mean besides I, the, the nudity factor i mean as i think we've seen at this point a lot of these movies have something interesting that makes them stand out um, although I will push back and say that the nudity factor is one of the biggest things that makes this one stand out well absolutely I think there's enough other things and then there were some things that I I didn't realize when I was a kid and was was surprised about and we're gonna get into that as well shocked in fact yeah shocked let's uh before we break down the cast it's directed by 
Danny Steinman and Tom DeSimone, I'm assuming because they might have fired the director midway through? I, I believe uh, my understanding is Tom DeSimone left uh, really more earlier on. So I think okay. um, it was mostly Danny Steinman. Yeah. And so, you know, he's he's uh, if you look up his resume, he directed one of the Friday the 13th movies, part five, which is actually a f- a favorite of mine. I love that movie. Yeah. Um, as I've gotten older, uh, that one, I actually really appreciate how good that one is. Um, because the, well, first off the body count is, is fantastic in it. And, <laughs> and then just, uh, you know, just, just two words. And that is Deborah Voorhees. Yes, no doubt. She was stunning. Just like Linda Blair. <laughs> <laughs> look at you look at you editing yourself i am trying um, so hard buddy just I know, so I know hard you're, you're doing good you're doing good. well we're just getting started so you got plenty of time to work up to it true uh <laughs> but yeah so uh danny steinman also uh co-wrote the screenplay with norman yanamoto i believe i'm saying his name correctly if i'm not i apologize um he you know if you look up his resume he's he's got a pretty decent list like 14 movies uh nothing new Nothing to shake a twig at, but yeah. nothing major. Sure. I'm sure um, the, the 14 speech. movies paid some bills, right? For, yeah, for sure. Hats off to him for that. Let's break down the cast. Linda Blair, you already know. She plays Brenda. Uh, I'm not going to go into who she is because if you don't know who she is, then you're not listening to our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> true. You're listening it's true. to some other guys. Uh, and John Vernon. I'm just going in order of IMDb and a, and a quick um, commercial break about IMDb. They're like their system for the way they they rank everybody in there they list everybody it's 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 really confusing it's really annoying um so if you go on imdb and you're like yeah well you mentioned a guy it's not even in the credits like no if you go on imdb they don't always put the top bill people first for some reason yeah i don't know why i mean i wonder um, if they put them by popularity or something maybe i'm not quite sure but maybe. i feel like i yeah. feel like sadly the imdb app has has gotten worse and worse oh it's gotten so worse yeah now i find myself going on wikipedia which has its flaws too but yeah you know. What are you going to do? Uh, so John Vernon's listed second. John Vernon plays Principal Underwood. He only has, like, I think three scenes in this movie. N- not <laughs> a lot. pretty funny. Yeah, not a lot. No. But I and recognize him from from uh, yeah. uh, Killer Clowns from Outer, Outer Space. Jesus, how can I not speak? I recognize him from Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Yes. I mean, that was – I recognize him from him. I recognize him from that as well. Uh, I would love to break that movie down at some point. Oh yeah, me I too. Love that movie so much. <laughs> me too. Uh, it's guys, but, that one's definitely on the list from from one of us, I'm sure. Yeah, it's it's coming. It's coming. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if we can get the Choyito brothers on our show as well. Yeah. But he was in um, Dirty Harry, Outlaw Josie Wales, which is one of my favorite Clint Eastwood non-spaghetti westerns. Um, he was in Nash- National Lampoon's Animal House. As Dean Vernon. Yeah, that's that's uh, like the other place, the other that I sort of know him from. But I was never a, a big Animal House fan. Uh, still, kind of not. Not that one wasn't really I'm my. Not. I like Caddyshack better. I like uh, yeah, Vacation better. Animal House was never one of my big ones. But yeah, I also do recognize him as the Dean from that as well. I just you know. Yeah, I think it's a little overrated in my opinion. I'm just not an Animal House fan as well. I'm not a Tim Matheson fan other than him being in Fletch. Yeah, to be quite honest with you, and and then man, they it's I call it a loose sequel uh, to Animal House called Up the Creek. Yeah, I watched that during the, the, when in when quarantine first hit, 
And we're like, oh, let's do a family movie night or whatever. That movie sucks, first of all. <laughs> it, it's piece of shit. It's really a piece of shit. And 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 you know, guys, I, I'm pretty lenient on movies. It's terrible. And Tim Matheson looks fifty, even though he's supposed to play like a college kid. It's <laughs> it's just it's god awful. It does have the girl from uh, Ghostbusters in the beginning when oh um, Je- Jennifer Runyon, yeah, who's beautiful and yep. she's great. She's actually a really great actress. Um, she's the best thing about that movie. I saw her at uh, Ghostbusters Fan Fest on the Sony lot uh, a couple years ago when, when my wife and I went for that. Yeah, yeah, dude. I, I forgot you did that, and apparently Diane Franklin was there too. Yeah, apparently she was. I saw that. Uh, I saw her post that, and I was like, oh, shoot, I didn't even see her when I was there. But I did see uh, Jennifer Runyon, and the other guy that's in that scene with her was there as well. Love that guy. So great. Yeah. So great. Um, okay, so the – other guys in the cast, uh, Robert Dreyer plays Jake. He's the leader of the Scars. That's the main bad guy gang. Um, man, he's got a great fate. He got got, got a great facha for a villain. Yeah. Just so good. Yeah. Uh, he, he's and he's all neck. Like like when he when he like gets angry, it's like neck goes into mouth or something. I, I don't know, but it's intense. It's very very intense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's just got this look like. You do not want to cross this guy ever. He's been in a, a ton of, you know, straight-to-video type stuff. Uh, Cyborg 2. Hey. Which, I'm not going to lie, it's actually better than Cyborg 1. <laughs> I think you said that on, on the Cyborg uh, <laughs> review. Uh, but he was also no. in uh, 1991's The Borrower. Ooh. <laughs> there you go. I don't uh, know anything sure. else he's, he's in. That was, like, the only thing I recognized. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, he in the other gang members in this group, there is Johnny. Uh, sorry, yeah, Johnny Venoker, who plays Vince or Vinny or uh, yeah, I think that I think or, or Vincent. Vincent I think yeah, at one point they call him Vincent. Yeah, they call him every iteration of Vincent. Vincent, Vinny, Vince, all of them. Yes, uh, VJ or whatever. He looks. He and he legit looks like he's in his 30s and he's supposed to be a high school kid. Uh, okay, really. first off, first off, buddy, every single person in this entire movie looks mm, minimum 32 plus. Every single person. <laughs> well, I will say though, at least uh, the rest of the scars are supposed to be out of high school, Ro- except for Red, I think. Uh, no, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think Red is with them also. I think only uh, uh, Vince is is the one that's the connection to the high school. I think the rest of them are supposed to be out of high school. Yeah, and he's he looks old. Yeah, yeah he even, looks even he of, looks he's old. He's one of the oldest. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, apparently he was in Lord of Illusions. Mm-hmm. I didn't – I don't recognize him from that. Me but neither. I love Lord of Illusions. Me I too. Lord of Illusions is very underrated. Uh, Clyde Barker flick. Scott Bakula, my boy. I love Nick's in it, man. He's awesome. Dude, that guy, R.I.P. Yeah. He's your guy from uh, Cartwright. Yep. Uh, yep. <laughs> K-Uger. <laughs> K-Uger, baby. Uh, other guys in the gang are Sal Landy, who plays Fargo. This guy looks like Joe Piscopo. Uh, he's basically Joe Piscopo's stand-in is what he looks like. He's got a... I, I mean, he's been in a bunch of stuff. I, I mean, I'm not gonna lie; he's better looking than Joe Piscopo, man. I was like the whole time, I was like, "Dude, this guy's got a fucking jacked body," and like, you know what? He was actually <laughs> he a pretty, knows it. pretty damn good actor too. Like, I thought he, I thought of the the scars, he was the the best actor of all of them. Even even uh, with Robert Dreyer too. Like, I thought yeah. I thought uh, uh, Sal Landy was the best. No doubt, he's great. Um, 
and I love that his costume pretty much never changes. Well, most of the scar, actually all the scars except for Vinny, their costumes never change throughout this entire movie. Of course not. Um, but you know, it's neither here nor there. Yeah, it makes sense that he is one of the best guy, best actors in the movie because he, if you look at his resume, he's on How to Get Away with Murder, and he's on Scandal, which are two of the most popular TV shows uh, around today. Oh, and Rizzoli and Isles. Yeah, he's. <clears throat> He's been working this entire time. He's got like 110 yes. credits on IMDb. So, yeah, he's he's been working the whole time. Yeah, he's working it. Um, <laughs> he was working those abs in that movie. Dude, I'm like, can I, can I, uh, what, what's that P90X workout? I want that shit. <laughs> um, the rounding out the gang of scars is Red, played by Scott Mayer. And um, he's got one credit to his name as far as being an actor is concerned. And which is a real damn shame because I think the guy actually is pretty good. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, so ju- I mean, just to, just because I said you know Fargo was my favorite one or I thought he was the best actor, I thought all of them were actually really good except for maybe yeah. Vince. Vince was a little bit off. He was all facial expressions. Um, all face. Wh- all face. <laughs> whereas Linda Blair was all eyebrows and eyes. But um, but yeah, like no, I thought I thought the guy who played Red was freaking awesome too. I thought that the three main gang members did an absolute fantastic job, all three of them being the bad guys. Totally agree. Totally agree. Um, man, I, I feel like I want to hit all the main players of the of uh, the girl gang, quote unquote, because they're not really a gang. Yeah. But maybe I'll just hit a couple of them. Because, um, I mean, I'll tell you, I, I kind of don't recognize any of them from anything. So yeah. if there's any one of them that's notable, sure. Otherwise, I'd say, you know, what, what's the point? I mean, I felt like the, the females of the gang, even though they were cool, I mean, it's still Linda Blair's movie, sort of. Yeah, I guess the only one I'm going to point out because uh, Linnea spoiler Qu- Heather or whatever Linnea Quigley probably. Well, I was going to point out Franny because okay. uh, she gets killed. So uh, she uh, played by Lisa Freeman, and she was actually in Friday the Thirteenth, uh, the final chapter. She was in Back to the Future one, two, and um, Doogie Howser. No shit. But yeah, but dude, like I mean, that's pretty balls resume right there. Yeah. But let, um, let's we got to take a second to talk about Linnea Quigley though. Because, well, yeah, I was I was saving the best for last. Okay, okay, all right, cool, 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 cool. Because rounding out the cast, sans um, enhancements, yeah. I guess if you will, uh, is Linnea Quigley, who plays Brenda's sister, Heather, who's deaf, uh, and apparently more than just deaf. She's special needs. Well, I, I think she's of, mute. I think she's mute. I don't. I think they refer to her as a quote unquote retard i don't like that word but i think they refer to her as that but i don't think she is i think she's just mute and uh and deaf i guess that is special needs right like that is i guess i was thinking she's not any kind of mental imperity that's what i meant how dare you no i'm kidding (laughs) uh no yeah because i was like well i know she's supposed to be deaf uh but at one point i'm like i know she's i know she's deaf right she can understand she can hear you but she can't speak which I guess is mute. No, I'm, she I'm, is. I'm, she, I, she's mute. She can't speak and she can't hear, but she can sign. She can see. That's right. Okay. So, but I'm like, man, the way that she's playing it right now, there's a little bit more going on where it's like, there's a little Tay in the wind, a little what's eating Gilbert grape, uh, kind of influence <laughs> acting going on where I'm like, Oh shit. I think she's overacting this, but anyways, Linnea quickly plays Heather. Uh, and it's one of her first films she's ever done. And <laughs> I mean, I'm sure you'll talk about it too. Cause you looked at the, uh, the trivia on this thing. Um, 
kind of not a fan of doing nude scenes. And boy, oh boy, if she's not a fan of doing nude scenes, she does one of the most graphic ones in this movie. I know. And then she does one a year later in Return of the Living Dead. I mean, it's... it's... And she did one in Silent Night, Deadly Night. And she did one in blah, 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 blah. Like, for someone who doesn't like to do it, she sure did it a lot. Now, I will say, I mean, having... Having mostly, I mean, I mostly know her from Return of the Living Dead. Seeing her in this with, like, done to, the like, no makeup type of thing, you know. You know, obviously she's wearing makeup, but they're trying to give her that natural look. And I almost didn't even recognize her right out of the gate. I was like, holy shit. And when they said her name, I was like, okay, that's her. That's I didn't even recognize her. That is crazy. Because I just, I know her as trash. Now, of course, I've seen her in... Night of the Demons, but but that was more recently. Um, but I grew up with Return of the Living Dead, so I immediately think of Linnea Quigley as trash, not <laughs> the character trash. <laughs> yeah, I I know. I love you guys specify that. Like, uh... <laughs> well, well, the great thing is our audience would actually understand. <laughs> oh, our audience would like. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I mean she she's like she is a. She's an icon of B-movie cinema, you know? Mm-hmm. And so this was not her first foray, uh, but obviously she has a very important and pivotal role in this film and kind of plays against type, Yeah, if you think about it in a weird way. Uh, but yeah, that rounds out the cast of Savage Streets. Yeah. You want to jump into the movie? Let's just jump into this thing. Let's jump in full tilt boogie. <laughs> It started off as an innocent prank that erupted in savage violence. I'm gonna kill him! I'm gonna kill him! Hey, look at that, Jake, huh? <laughs> you think she had fun when she filled her car with garbage, huh? Shut up, Red. <laughs> What are you gonna do about it? All right, girls. Sorry about your sister, Brenda. The police are doing everything they can. But she shouldn't have been there in the first place. Charlene, I, I love her so much. What am I going to do if Heather dies? We'll meet you guys at the top. You're not going to hurt her, right, Jake? Isn't that what I said? Brenda, you can't take the whole world on by yourself. You don't know anything. Justice for all, justice for all. You get what you give when you go in the law. For God's sake, it wasn't my fault. Hey, what is it? Wait a minute, man. I don't like it. Something's weird. What's the matter, boy? Lose your nerve? What a shame. <laughs> <laughs> 
So Savage Streets opens with a very generic um, opening. There's like not even a, you know, production logo. It's like, it's like film marketing or something like that. I didn't even <laughs> write it down. Oh, and and really quickly, um, I am yet again frustrated with a Blu-ray release because there's no subtitles on this movie. Oh shit! I didn't even actually. I didn't even try it because I was I, I could hear it fine, you know. So I didn't. I didn't actually put the the, the subtitles on. So another one without subtitles. What is that? Yeah. I, I feel like we're now getting to the point where subtitles are a luxury. Well, and and especially for a movie that has a girl in it that's deaf. You think that? They, <laughs> yeah, true. I don't know. <laughs> true. Very li- true. I don't know. Uh, That's just me. But yeah, that was frustrating. I'm like, okay, well, this is going to entail me rewinding quite a bit if I can't uh, hear or read something. And you're going to have to help me out maybe with certain scenes because I was like, what did he say? Um, Anyways, opens with the yeah the the very basic opening and this really cool font of Savage Streets. And as that cool font of Savage Streets flashes on the screen, you see Savage Streets again in the middle of it, just to let you know that that's not just the cool logo, but it's also the name of the movie. I mean, <laughs> dude, it's better than the split second logo. That Yes, good point. Good point. And uh, I mean, maybe a fraction of the budget, too. I, yeah, exactly. But, I mean, right out of the gate, it tells you that they care you know what i mean like yeah, you put can. a good logo out there and you're like yeah that's it sets the tone we i mean we talked so, about the split second logo uh right away it sets the tone for the entire film if you have garbage title card then uh we're gonna assume the movie's garbage but you if you're savage streets and you have an amazing title card i'm gonna assume you're amazing until you know i see otherwise <laughs> yeah yeah i just was like kind of surprised that they had to show the title twice like, i know, I know okay, what you why mean did you, do, you know like why did you do like super rad font and then comic sans i don't get that because it worked but, um, you didn't need the the other savage streets on top of it. you could read the other one you know it's like okay i, I, I wonder it twice i wonder if the producers are like eh, it's really hard to see that title yeah mm, it looks cool yeah you, you know, know that was a fucking producer note right there Yes, for sure. Mm, can I just add my two cents? Yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> the only producers that can add their two cents are Frank Marshall, who did The Warriors, and Jerry Bruckheimer, and uh, maybe uh, Joel Silver. Yeah, yeah there you go. go. Yeah. Uh, oh, and Brian Usna, of course. Yeah, of, Come course. On. of course. Our boy. Our buddy. Our boy. Okay, so the movie opens with a kid leaving the house. It's Vinny, by the way. Uh, leaving the house late at night. His dad yells at him. He's like, hey, you got to be home by 11 o'clock. It's a school. You got school tomorrow. <laughs> he, the kid runs out of the house. Okay, Pop. And uh, goes around the back of the house and uh, pulls out clothes from what appears to be like, 
I don't know, storage shed or something, or like a like a thing in the wall, like a grate or something. Yeah, watching know. it twice, I still could not discern what that was. It looks like a like an area to hold a garbage can or something, but it was yeah. really too dark to see. But hey, smart move on his part for for leaving his you know gang outfit outside like that. Yeah, he's got to put on his leather. He's yeah. got to put on his leather, you know, whatever. And uh, puts on his leather, takes off his uh, plaid shirt, puts on his leather, and uh, and his buddies uh, are are waiting for him in the front of the house. Which I'm surprised his dad didn't hear them because they're like yelling at him. I know, right? And, uh, it's it's the rest of the the scars, and cue up the rock song, and cue up the freaking awesome ass car. And okay, yeah, that car is like a. I don't know. It's like a Coupe de Ville or uh, something like that. It's convertible. Yeah. It's a little Ford Fairlane esque. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm not the biggest like car guy or anything, but yeah, it was, it's really cool. It's like a classic car. It's not like a muscle car. It's like a, a classic sort of like rockabilly sort of style car, uh, convertible, but yeah, definitely beautiful and fucking mint, man. Awesome looking. Yeah. I, I wrote down a uh, uh, cool car hella old kids quote unquote <laughs> well yes yes so i'm gonna be tracking that the entire movie uh please, and please guessing do. how old everybody is um my my estimate on 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 west the guy that hits on brenda uh cindy's boyfriend i think he's 49 years old so we'll see if anyone <laughs> is is older than that yeah i think you're right i think you're right <laughs> and we'll talk about him selling their age <laughs> yeah yeah, with his giant schlong. Yep. Um, so yeah, so so uh, yeah, they're cruising around, drinking, yelling at people, like "fuck you!" Like for some reason, they're yelling "fuck you" at people. And and this sounds this may sound silly to people, like "oh, nobody nobody does that." They're they're cruising down Hollywood Boulevard, and let's just talk about in the '80s and the '90s. This is what guys did. Yeah. Guys did this. My brother did this. He'd go with his homies, and he'd, they'd be driving around to scoping people, yelling out shit. Just being like, quote unquote, boys, you know. I mean, and it, and it wasn't just you know the Hollywood. I would go down and visit my cousins in Roanoke, Virginia, and probably when I was like fifteen or sixteen, they were around the same age, and people did that down the main street of Roanoke too. Like it was a small little town, you know. Uh, you know, it's 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 big enough, but like that's what people would do on a Friday night in the mid nineties as well. Drive down the street, yeah. show off your car, talk to people. It's it's like literally just a giant party in the middle of the road. And uh, these shots of Hollywood are oh. just as amazing to see as the shots of New York in the Exterminator were. We we remarked yes. it. Uh, we we remarked then, and I'll remark now. I, this is such an amazing piece of time capsule, you know, yeah, and, and it really is. And like seeing the locations being like, I know where that is. I think I know where that is. Oh, wow. That's different. I'm pretty sure I know where that is. It's just pretty fucking cool. Honestly. In a lot of those stores, uh, pre COVID are, are kind of still there. Yeah. You know, there's, there's the, the army Navy surplus that's still on Hollywood Boulevard. Yep. Uh, the Pussycat Theater is not there anymore, but there's like the Cheetah Lounge, which is similar. Similar. Um, I wouldn't know. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, it, Frank and Musso's, it's like these great iconic locations from Hollywood. And this, it's, yeah, it brings back all the feels. You know, people like Quentin Tarantino watch shit like this and get influenced by it because it, it, this is—it's not just movies from the '70s that really capture what it was like to live in LA or New York back in the day. It's the '80s. Yeah, the '70s and the '80s were just iconic. The '90s was when everything just—the air just fell out of it. It was either already done or had no 
purpose whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but as this is, yeah. So we see Vinny with, uh, and Jake and Fargo and red in their car and they're, you know, acting like hey, cool guys, gang, gang bangers, you know, but, but, and but then, they're doing, uh, it's like, it's really good. Like, like I, I, yeah. I really enjoy the interaction that they're having. Yeah, I know that they're the bad guys and everything, but right now in this moment, they're they're just acting like guys, kind of having a good time. They're not too too aggressive yet. And I do like the one yeah. shot where where uh, Vinny Vince Vincent uh, jumps in the middle of them, and they and you yeah, know kind of yeah, Jake kind of pushes them back and laughs. I'm like, yeah, I can see why Vincent would have probably gotten hooked up with them to begin with. They they seem like they're good fun time guys right now. Although you can kind of tell that that you know the guys in the front seat, being Jake and and Fargo, are powder kegs waiting ready to go off. You know. Oh yeah, like Jake takes a cigarette and puts it in his hand. Yeah, such a badass. I mean, that is pretty fucking badass, bro. I mean, he's he's badass. Like besides the fact that he's a scumbag later on in the beginning, he's badass and he's kind of cool. He's cool in like a Michael Pere kind of way. That's what he reminded me of, uh, the actor. Like a little bit of Michael Pere mixed with Fred Dreyer, you know, where he's got that more chiseled jaw. Yeah, but this kind of like that New York because the guy's definitely has like a new york accent too which is hilarious well yeah um, i know well he's, he's so he's from boston apparently but yeah i yes. feel like they all had new york or boston accents and i'm like what yes. is going on because this is los angeles and then someone who doesn't have an accent is linda blair which we're gonna get to right now she, uh, she's got a her she's got a whole different way of acting guys she does have a whole different uh, way of acting um yeah you cut to brenda and her and her group uh, of girls and she's got sunglasses on at night and you know because she's so cool she's got to wear sunglasses on at night uh i will talk about her in a second but they they start playing the song did you recognize the song they started playing not offhand but that was a roller coaster of music in this movie so please uh illuminate me okay so so i as each song throughout this movie comes on, I'm like, that's a badass song. I want that song. That's a badass song. I want that. Song. Why does that voice sound familiar? Well, it's John Farnham. And if you don't know who John Farnham is, he did a shit ton of music for rad. Okay. Which has a killer soundtrack. You know, there's thunder in your heart. If you don't know who John Farnham is, you look him up. That's the guy you put on when you're going to go work out. Like that's the music that just like gets you juiced up. And his, the music in this gets you juiced up. But um, this song starts playing. I'm like, why does this song sound familiar to me? Nothing's, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. This is, nothing's going to stand in our way. This song was the song when Hot Rod and Cup in Transformers the movie go to the water planet and they're having to oh. battle that giant squid oh, and yeah. cups been ripped to pieces. Nothing's going to stand in a way. Not tonight. That's a remake uh, or a cover of this song. Nothing's going to stand in our way by John Farnham. Okay. I, I was going to say it's not the same singer, right? As the one in transformers. That's probably why I didn't no. recognize it, but wow. So transformers covered savage streets that's fucking awesome. So, so you got the touch originally, which is everyone goes, Oh yeah, that's the song from transformers. That song was originally supposed to be in Cobra, right? Yeah. Stallone's Cobra. And they, uh, it didn't work out and they used it for transformers, the movie. Yeah. So I already knew that. I didn't know nothing. I, you know, first of all, I love that song, right? Nothing standing. Like it's such a great, 
I think the band might be called Spectre. Um, anyways, I thought that song's badass. Then I hear it in this, I go, whoa, what the hell? <laughs> mind blown. First mind blown moment of the movie. I'm just like, this is, I am so excited to watch the rest of this movie. I don't care what happens from this point on. This is my fa- this is my favorite moment. Hearing nothing's going to stand in our way. So, anyways, <laughs> just had to throw that out there. Um, my, my favorite moment is seeing Linda Blair in that tight blue top. Oh, not in the bathtub. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean that's that's awesome too. But uh, I, I just was trying to tie it back into this scene. But yes, Sorry, the bathtub yes, is going fantastic. <laughs> tequila folks is oh Uh, oh boy so yeah you cut to linda blair with her gang she stands out in many ways a couple ways um she's definitely the most mature of the group i guess i would say in a very polite way yeah yeah and in my takeaway uh in 1984 no one's wearing bras pretty much anywhere (laughs) um but you know like like it's, you know, jokes aside, she does stand out. And I'm not talking, like, physically. Like, like her, her persona, her presence here, they do a good job kind of making her be the center of this group of girls, um, our protagonists. And uh, she just, she, she's really cool. Like, she's got a really pretty awesome air about her, you know, a vibe to her in this scene. But, you know, it, it also doesn't hurt that uh, she's absolutely stunning. And you kind of get the sense that she knows it you know it's great freaking confidence is awesome confidence is everything you know what i mean and she's just like chock full of it right here and i think it comes off wonderfully uh, at the beginning of the movie and totally. also and also that blue top is fantastic <laughs> it's a great way to introduce uh her and her girls and are we are, are they already on their is this their bachelorette party that's going on right I, I mean now? i guess i mean they don't really say why they're out there but knowing what we know about the characters and what's going on yeah maybe this is kind of like their night that they're going to unwind and everything or yeah. yeah okay so so yeah so this group of high school girls and then you see Linnea Quigley with them and Linnea so forget everything you know about Linnea Quigley if you've never seen her in this movie because she like I said plays against type she's mousy she's like super innocent she looks like she's got a 1950s dress on a la Amanda Bears from Fright Night um and and she's just she's thinking this little mousy girl you know and and you don't know yet that she can't speak uh you'll find that out in a minute but you know, the, the girls are like laughing. They're going up down the boulevard. They're walking down the boulevard, checking out shops. And they go by the surplus shop, which is, has all the cool gear in the front window, which has a total foreshadow because it shows a crossbow and a bear trap. And Linda Blair looks at it with those eyes just like, oh, I want that on my Christmas list. Yeah. I mean, right when I saw that, I was like, OK, so that's coming into play later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In the 80s. 80s uh, B-movies were not subtle with their foreshadowing. I mean, Friday the 13th probably was the best slash worst at it, where they're just like, this is so obvious this is going to come back to you. Um, But, yeah, sometimes they would just do it, and you're like, oh, Oh, okay. Don't make it too obvious that this is going to come into play. I know. Try to hide it just a little bit, guys. Be a little more subtle. I think that's one thing I can say about the 90s. They started to get subtlety a little bit better with, with shit like this. A little bit. A little um, bit. So the girls go by a sex shop and they're like looking in the peepholes and, and they're, you know, oh my God, this is so crazy. You should be doing that. And and it's it's uh, it's raunchy. It's crass. It's everything you want in a straight, straight up exploitation film. Uh, and at one point, I think it's I think it's Franny. She offers Heather 
like like brandy or liquor, you know. Yeah. And uh, and then Brenda like, you know, she she's like uh, not in front of not in front of Heather, and then gets right up in Franny's face. She's like not in front of Heather. Like she's really evil. Yeah. You know, and you, and she backs off. Uh, Franny backs off from he- from uh, Brenda because Brenda's like king shit. She's the boss of the group, and uh, that already is like asserting her dominance. You know. Yeah, yeah, and and right out of the gate, I'm like, so I like I said, I've, I've I had this like crush on Linda Blair, but I had never seen any movie past Exorcist. Like I maybe have seen Exorcist two like once, so I had no idea too. that back in '84, Linda Blair couldn't act. I had no <laughs> idea that that was going to be the case. So when I saw this right away, like her her first line of dialogue, I'm like, uh oh. <laughs> well, I think she took shit for the heretic too, uh, Exorcist too, because I think people were like, "Oh, she's not a really good actress, dude." Her all she does in this movie, and I'm, I don't want to crap on her, but I have to say it. She does so many eyeball things, like yeah. she's she's all eye acting in this movie, and then her left eyebrow is like I don't know if she's got a twitch or if that's uh, comes from the James Kirk uh, you know school of acting, but it's so Star Trek. She does all she does the left eyebrow thing all the time, and I'm just yeah. like oh my god, and and you know and after a while it became you know a little endearing, but at first I was a little startled by how bad she was so I, I don't know i'm not i'm not trying to be mean but i'm just calling it like i am like it is right now you know and i'm sure well, she got better over time but boy oh boy well no look dude i think you know uh whether she and like i said we didn't go down her resume but if you, if you look at you know stuff like roller boogie and red heat and and just other straight up uh ex, the later exploitation you know skin flicks she did as she got older I don't think, uh, you know, people, what people saw in Exorcist was, was an illusion. It, it was not, it's not a good depiction of who she is as an actor. Yeah. The rest of her stuff is, you know, and I'd lump her into that category of like very ham acting, you yes. know, hamming it up. She's super hammy, uh, a, a very over the top and, uh, and it's a little disjointed, you know, and, and it's neither here nor there. She's still beautiful to look at. Yep, and, she, you know, she's still absolutely beautiful. And, you know, all that being said, I, I don't know how to even perceive this movie without her acting in it. Meaning like at this point, it's just, it's charming. It's a part of this movie's charm. Yeah. The, the overall quilt that is Savage Streets, you know? <laughs> um, but it's, it's, uh, it's rough. It's rough to get past at first. But then after a while, the best I can say is you get used to it. Yeah, because because then you realize everybody's acting that way. Yeah, everybody yeah. in this movie is over the top, uh, cheese ball, uh, it, you know, it, acting school one hundred and one type shit. Yeah, which in my opinion makes it more enjoyable because yeah. this is this is definitely not a movie to be taken seriously. Although one particular scene is very shocking last house on the left esque. Yeah. Uh, but outside of that, it's, it's cheese ball silliness. So please with a grain of salt. Um, uh, yeah, her acting's, uh, not tops, but kind of fits the film. <laughs> yep. There you go. Could have said so, it better myself. Fargo, Fargo, uh, from the scars spots the girls on the street first and the car whips around and goes to get off to the girls. And, um, Heather at this point, she like, 
she's on the she's on the sidewalk and she's i guess she just falls into the street yeah i, <laughs> I don't know it's terrible she like flops down in the middle of the road and fargo almost hits her runs over <laughs> i wrote in my notes she flops down like a fish like she just goes like straight down she doesn't even like try to protect herself she she accepts death immediately so i i just um you know, my son Bodie's like on a huge G.I. Joe kick right now. He's just kind of re revisited uh, his Joe collect my Joe collection, his Joe collection. And so we were watching all the shows and we watched the movie the other night. And there's a scene in the movie when uh, uh, the G.I. Joe original cartoon where they go to Cobra Law for the first time and the Joes just get their asses handed to them. At one point, quick kick uh, goes to kick one of the kind of beetle creatures and the beetle creature grabs his foot and just slams him against one of the structures and he flops down on the ground like like a ton of bricks with his hands all at the sides <laughs> like he's just dead you know but he's not and and it was reminded me of that where it's just like flop <laughs> for, for me it reminded me of uh the penguin in batman returns at the end when he dies and just like falls down face first Dumb. and just slides into the water that's just yeah. like goes straight down like straight down with their arms her side doesn't even try to protect herself doesn't even try no it's like you forgot the first rule of martial arts uh falling you know put your yeah. arms out or whatever yeah, yeah and, she flops you, the you also forgot the first rule of cobra law it's cobra i did not forget that i put it in bodie's notes um so so uh yeah fargo uh almost hits her then Brenda is screaming at them like, what the fuck is your problem? Don't you know she's deaf? Yeah. <laughs> like, it has nothing to do with the fact that she flopped down on the ground <laughs> and fell, you know, but whatever. Um, and then Jake, Jake is like, you know, super into Brenda and, uh, and, and he's like hidden on Brenda and he's like, Fargo, you know, apologize, apologize to the girl. And he apologizes. And then he's, he's like trying to make moves on Brenda and, uh, you know, he's like, hey, how about you and me? Like, you know, we get together later or something like that. And she says, uh, you know, I, I, I want to get together with you almost as much as I want to uh, lay face first in a pool of vomit or something <laughs> like that. And it's just so like, yeah, oh, you're tough. Yeah. No, you're not. <laughs> so from there, we just like a terrible cut. We cut to. Um, this guy named Fadden, we later find out his name is Fadden. This dude, I wrote dude with a chick and, uh, and they're, they're leaving, they're in like a par- parking lot or whatever. And they're going, they're walking to their car and Jake and his gang show up and they shake down Fadden now, uh, for money. Fadden, the guy with the, f- the weirdest nose you've ever seen <laughs> with like a, is he, he's like from the, he's got like a Southern accent. Yeah, he's like, he- Come on, Jake. I'll get it for you. Come yeah, on. <laughs> it's so weird because he looks like he should be on like Little House of the Prairie or something. Not in the way Probably he dresses, was. but like in the way he talks and the way his like his hair is. He feels like yeah. he's like from like 1980 or 1981. I, you know, I don't know what it is. But then on top of it, his nose is like, <laughs> I, it's like it goes straight down. The Bridger's nose just goes like straight down, and then his nose pops out. I think that's. Isn't that from when your no, your bridge gets broken, I think, is, is what it's from or whatever? Uh, yeah. When, like, the bridge of your nose gets broken. But I'm like, damn, dude. But, yeah, they give this guy a hard time the entire fucking movie. Well, yeah, and it's really – this is kind of a running joke for me anyways when I was taking notes because 
every single time they see him, they're like, where you been? We've been looking for you. And they're like, wasn't that yesterday mm-hmm. you saw him? Um, so, so they're like, Hey, you know, where you been fat? And we've been looking for you. And he's like, do you got my money? And, and, uh, and he's, he's like, you know, you got my money and my stuff. Apparently they, they're trying to shake him down for money. And well, I think he's actually, do, I think he's one of their, I think he was dealing for them a little bit. Like, I think he was selling okay. for them. So he was selling for them. Okay, that makes sense because the, yeah, they're like we want our dr- we want our shit and we want our money. Yeah. Uh, and and they're like, well, well, why don't you check the girl? And they're like, they rip her purse apart. And uh, and I mean, I'll let you take the note on the 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 <laughs> the, the way the girl looks. Uh, but apparently, you know, they're looking at her outfit and they're like, well, I don't see anything here. And they they just rip her shirt off. Yeah. They just they just pull pull yeah pull her breastuses out and 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 what's his nuts Fargo is just sitting there like tweaking her nipples and shit it's really Fargo weird man is having way too much fun and it's a little too like the director probably yelled cut and he probably was still playing with her yeah you know what I'm saying it's it's it was it's, a little it's uncomfortable. uncomfortable yeah it's uncomfortable it's yeah. uncomfortable. He looks, yeah, because he's he's got that really. He's like a creepy. You know how Joe Piscopo has that like shit eating smile on his face yeah. all the time. Oh, yeah. Like he just looks always happy. This guy looks always pissed. Yeah, and like kind of in a creepy sexual predator kind of way. But then he has that like moppy Joe Piscopo <laughs> hair, you know, yeah. and it's just like, yeah, he he is he is the evil Joe Piscopo. That is what he's he evil is. Joe Piscopo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you know, and I was wondering I mean, Joe too, Piscopo's cut too. So. Yeah, yeah, I was wondering too why I actually I was like, why do I like Fargo so much? It's because he's the uh he's the evil Joe Piscopo. <laughs> yeah, he's sexual predator sexual predator Joe Piscopo. I like it feels like better. that needs a <laughs> yeah, I like yours better too, but I feel like it could be a Saturday Night Live skit. You know? True, sexual true. predator Joe Piscopo. <laughs> Not that That's, Joe Piscopo is. But. That sounds like a very uh, early '90s Saturday Night Live spinoff <laughs> with like Phil Hartman. Yeah, Joe Piscopo. Yeah, yeah. R.I.P. Mm. Um, he just had a birthday actually, or it's coming up. One jo- or the other. Joe Piscopo or Phil Hartman? No, uh, Phil Hartman. Okay. Anyways, they shake her down. They sh- shake her literally, shake her down. <laughs> yes. Uh, and. And you cut to cut back to Brenda with her crew, and they're at a newsstand. You guys remember newsstands? We could walk up and buy magazines. Right. They still have them in L.A. Actually, believe it or not. Yeah, um, they do. They do. I mean, that but, is so classic L.A. right there. The ones yes, that are the the newsstands that are you know New York is totally the newsstands that's like the standalone little shack, whereas L.A.'s newsstands always were like across the building so there was like flat up against the building yeah with all the magazines and whatnot and you know the classic scene and um they live when roddy piper's character uh john nada you know puts his sunglasses on and he's at the newsstand and everything all the new all the magazines say the same thing or whatever. yeah it's yeah. just like that and and um okay so one of brenda's girls picks up a play girl and she's looking at the guy's dick and she's like oh my gosh 10 inches it's like that's that's every girl's dream or something like that and i'm going no it's not um (laughs) but uh i'm like wait a minute apparently according to imdb in the trivia section this is supposed to be sylvester stallone on the cover but it looks a whole lot like kurt russell to me yes 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 it does because the whole time yeah because the whole time i was wondering like are they like are they implying that they're looking at kurt russell's johnson in in that little you know discussion right there but yeah that is totally kurt russell on the cover i mean you can it's kurt russell it's 100 percent kurt russell there's no there is no doubt Yeah, thank you. Like, it's it's obvious that it's him, 
Um, but remember, guys, like Playboy did this with the uh, with their women as well, where they tease a celebrity on the front. And you're yeah. Like, oh my god! As a teenager, I go, oh shit, so and so going to be naked, and then it ends up like being an interview, twenty questions. Yeah. Like, oh, I didn't read this for the interview. I will. Um, I will or, say my favorite I? one was when Tiffany, the singer Tiffany, did it. And she actually posed nude for Playboy. Oh, she did. So yeah. did Debbie Gibson, actually. Okay, nice. I was always a yeah. Tiffany fan growing up, so I, so, I still so have that I. one. I still have that uh, Tiffany Playboy. Do you? Yeah, yeah. I think it, I think it came out like 2005, six, something like that. Yeah. You know what mine was? was um, <laughs> um, what's her name uh, from The Price is Right? Oh, uh, Vanna uh, White? No, 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 no. Price is Right. Yeah, you know, uh, Diana Parkinson? Hmm. No, I don't really know her offhand. Okay. And then uh, what's his face from Price is Right was so pissed off that she did that she did. Uh, oh, Bob Barker. Yeah. Bob Barker was like, you know, we're a wholesome show. We don't do stuff like that. She's like, uh, I can do whatever the hell I want. And by the way, I don't get paid shit on this show. Yeah. And I'm just wearing, a, I wear a bikini on the show, and I'm just like, who cares? Ah, spay and neuter your animals, and don't pay your <laughs> actresses shit. Uh, yeah. Anyways, Bob Barker. Uh, so back to Brenda. And with her crew and they're, yeah, they're looking at the playboys and, um, Brenda's talking to her friends and she's saying how her mom has to work two, uh, work two night shifts to pay for her dad's funeral. So you find out that her dad's dead and then you, and then Brenda spots Jake and his gang who are not in their car cause they just shook down Fadden and his, uh, his, his girl. And they're like, Hey, you know, let's play, let's play it. Let's uh, let's play a trick on them or something like that. And so what? How, how they play a trick on them? They steal their fucking car. Yeah, which is really fucked up if you think about it. It really is. Yeah, and and make them the scars run down the street after them down Hollywood Boulevard. Yeah, it's really it's really messed up. Like nothing excuses what they do in a little bit, but I would be very pissed off because they don't just steal their car. You'll find out in a minute that they dump trash in their car. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's even, yeah, that's pretty bad. And you know, at this point, yes, those guys are jerks, but they don't really, the girls don't know how bad they can be, which of course is what the problem is because it's going to set this whole thing up. But yeah, man, I feel like they escalated things a little bit at the beginning, you know, they caught, they caused a lot of the drama that's about to take place. Uh, for well, better or worse. And it's weird because in movies, it always like your your protagonist, you know, there's always that thing at the beginning that gets them into the situation that that the movie's going to be. But it's never usually a practical joke gone wrong, like like meaning it's like it's usually something that the protagonist can't get away from, like, you know, something yeah. that they're sort of forced into, whereas like if if Brenda didn't suggest that this whole entire movie, Francine being alive, everything would have been different. Yeah, she's. Imp- it's implied that she's like a, a hothead, uh, asshole, um, r- drama starter. Like it, it, it's pretty much obvious from the get go that that's the kind of person she is. She thinks she's cool. She thinks she's. It's a level of confidence that it's like, okay, well, you need to take it down a notch because yeah. this is obviously getting everybody in trouble. And it gets your sister raped and your best friend killed. Yep. But that's another story. Yeah. Uh, anyways, they cut to, from after they steal their car, 
Katabania Clyde's ice cream, which is clearly just a set, but they're they're eating ice cream and they're talking about how the ice cream's better than sex and uh, oh, it's better than an orgasm. And then Linda Blair, uh, Brenda, like sticks ice cream in the girl's face, one, uh, Franny's face, and like she goes right up to the f- camera. And yeah. I'm like, oh, this is very suggestive. It, it's 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 there's <laughs> two times where. Like the the camera's like sent like Francine is like centered right in the middle of the camera. They're really trying to get you to connect with her because yeah, like she like she walks towards the camera in this ice cream shop and, and like basically the other actors kind of go around the camera, but Francine kind of stands there in the middle and smiles. And it's only weird because they cut it after the actor stops whereas like the actor should have kept still kept walking towards the camera yeah. but yet they allowed her to stop and do this like shitting grin right into the camera where you know what i mean so basically as yeah. a viewer you could tell that there was a camera there it was it's re- it's really weird but the only thing i might my, my takeaway was that they were just really hammering they just really wanted you to connect to Francine, which I guess ultimately is a good thing because I remember her. Because if, if they, I think if they didn't do stuff like that, I mean, all the girls except for, you know, the uh, the African American girl, they're all just very light skinned with dark Stella. hair. It, it, they're all very similar looking, casting wise. Yeah, you know, the one of the girls, uh, I think her name's Maria. She's oh, they're like oh, we've got we've got the Hispanic girl, we've got yeah. the black girl, we've got the white. And the three white girls, yeah, or four white girls, five white girls, because you know, what's <laughs> the way it was? In the and, 80s. Yeah, and then one of them sort of disappears halfway through the movie uh, because the production shut down, and she got a job, uh, I guess, another gig uh, during that time frame. So yeah, one of the girls in their group kind of just doesn't show up anymore after a certain point in the movie. Yeah, it's like down to four instead of five. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no one will notice. No one nah, knows. Nah. Um, yeah. So from there, we cut to high school. Uh, okay, just timeline-wise, and to be accurate, after the ice cream scene, that's when Fargo and Jake and, and, and Red and um, Vinny show up at their car, and it's trashed, yeah. literally. There's trash all over it. <laughs> and that's when Fargo like lifts the trash can up in the oh, air yeah, and great. like screams, yeah. And then, and then, like uh, uh, Jake screams at the camera with his giant neck and everything. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There, there are quite a few moments where you're like, you're just padding time right now because um, uh, these scenes are going on a little too long. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Um, anyways, from there you cut to high school, which I, I'm pretty sure I didn't look in the locations, but it felt like it was Venice High to me, um, just the way it looked. Okay, it looked like Venice High, but I could be wrong. I mean, to me, everything felt East L.A., um, although, yeah, that, that high school kind of felt a little bit different. But um, later on, I actually was impressed with uh, the, the the locations. It, it oh, actually It actually felt like East L.A. versus, you know, Tough Turf when they all of a sudden, you know, James Spader goes from one point to another. And, you know, you know it, it's just whatever. But, yeah, this this it looked like it was either in the valley or something, but it didn't seem like it was in – the city it wasn't it didn't seem like it was like east la high or something yeah it looks like uh this was shot all over uh like burbank and hollywood boulevard mostly in the uh, yeah and then uh apparently inglewood was where they shot the um uh, cemetery scene mm. later in the movie so yeah it didn't say anything about venice it just looked like venice to me anyways from there it's back it's it's at high school and um fadden Oh, sorry. So from there, 
Brenda is in like a dance gym class inside the gym and they're having like an aerobics workout, I guess. Yeah. And uh, Stevie, which is one of the girls, is on her. It's got her uh, headphones on, and she's not paying attention to the, the the coach. And the coach screams at her a bunch of times, Stevie. Yeah. And you know that's basically that scene from I, there. And it was cool seeing all their aerobic outfits. So oh, dude, very eighties. It, it's, it's so I love. I actually love that scene because yeah, it's so eighties. Uh, they're doing they're doing their stupid choreographed gym routine, which is what you have to do in gym class, anyways. I don't back in the day. Um, thank God they didn't have them doing uh, square dancing. That's what I had to do in high I, school. I remember square dancing. Yes, yeah, I remember oh that one. God. I think it, that's, again, that's why I love these movies so much because I'm it. I'm like, man, I'm at least I didn't have to do that. <laughs> at least this didn't happen to me. Um, from there, after the Stevie scream by the coach. You cut to Fadden's back in the locker, or he's back in the uh, the at the lockers in the main part of the school, and uh, <laughs> Jake and the Scars show up, and they're like, "Where you been, man? Where you been?" And like, you just saw him last night. Yeah, where, where's he been? <laughs> okay, <laughs> he's a high school kid. He's at school. Like, like, you know where he is. Yeah, and he's like, "Oh, hey, hey, Jake, I'm trying to get your money, man, or whatever his weird accent is." I don't got it on me, but you know, I'll get it to you. Yeah, he's like Sling Blade. I reckon I'll get you your money, and um, and so, uh, Jake's like, again, he's like, "I want my blow and I want my money," and he grabs his balls. Yeah, he grabs his balls. That's that's a thing. Yep. Um, There's a lot of ball grabbing and guy on guy <laughs> kissing in this movie. Yeah, yeah. So, so you know, every episode we get a little in, a bit into my psyche. And uh, one of my brother's friends used to, used to terrorize the shit out of me uh, at, uh, when I was a kid. I was like 13, he was 18, or I was 12 and he was 17. Uh, my, he'd come over and and he'd he'd wrestle with me and then he'd get me on on the ground and he'd grab my balls and he's like. <laughs> You know, say you like to suck big dicks from uh, from Heather's, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, fuck you, man. Fuck you. I'm not doing that. And he's like, and he'd be grabbing my balls, right? Jesus. And he'd be, and then he'd be like pretending to slam me from behind, you know? This guy was a, this guy was a piece of shit. He was a piece of shit. But he was beat by his dad. So it's like, you know, Gary's down from generation. Anyways, he lived with us for like two months. He had some hard times at home, and my mom's like, oh, he can stay with us. He's so sweet. Because when my mom was around, suddenly he'd be super sweet and nice. And then when she'd leave, he'd terrorize the shit out of me. Gee, totally abuse me. Totally abuse me. This sounds like yeah. a like an, like a movie, dude. Like, the, yeah. Jesus Christ, yeah, and man. Then, and then, you know, he'd come Christ. over. I'd be watching TV, and he'd come, he'd come to the house with my brother, and they'd have their girlfriends with him. And he's like, hey, Zach, remember when I caught you jerking off in the bathroom? And I'm like, no, Mike, but I remember when you would grip me on the ground and grab my balls and tell me, say, you know, say, say, like, suck big dicks. And I'm like, and then suddenly he'd go, fuck you, you know, <laughs> leave with his girlfriend. Dude, this guy's a piece of shit. And then he's like friending me on Facebook. He's like, why can't you be friends with me? I'm like, because you used to molest me as a kid, dude. Yeah, That's go why. fuck yourself, dude. Like, yeah, seriously. Yourself. But why don't you apologize first? Yeah. I know. Yeah. So this meatheadedness, like, up to this point, because these guys haven't, they've just been, well, they sexually assaulted that girl earlier. Yeah. I'm looking at them like going, 
this is not too far removed from some of the shit that I'm familiar with from my childhood. And and I am not at all familiar with. Like, I didn't, <laughs> I, you know, like, I thought all this shit just happened in movies. I didn't, like, realize that it, like, really happened, you know? And, yeah. like... I mean, so, you know, I hang out with Luke. Luke only has an older sister. We don't really, you know, we didn't really hang out with her or anything. Like, she was, like, I think, like, five or six years older. So it was, it was a pretty significant distance. Um, and so, like, we didn't really hang out with her. So it was just kind of like, you know, us. There was no yeah. older brothers, you know. We didn't, I, I didn't get terrorized. I never got bullied in school. Now, granted, I was kind of the, the big kid in school, you know, but I was the, I was a nerd, but I could kind of like intermingle with all the groups and everything. But I think the main thing is not having an older brother with an asshole friend. Man, I, I thought that shit fucking happened only in the movies, bro. That's fucking insane. Yeah, I, I wish that shit only happened in the movies. And, and looking back, I'm like, you know, it, it, thank God I survived all that. Yes. Stuff. Yeah. And my brother, my brother has definitely gone on and he's like, oh man, I'm so sorry that, you know, all this shit happened to you. And, and he, but, you know, he come to his senses. Uh, but, but still dude, like this shit went on a lot and just, and so I watch these movies. And so I think, again, that speaks to the, the revenge, the comeuppance. Cause I'm like, yeah, I'm like Charlie, Charlie Brewster in Fright Night where I'm like, give it to him, Peter. Yeah. Give it to him. <laughs> I, I mean, give yes. it to her, Brenda. Give it to him. I can see that. Like, like you know, you're you're living vicariously through Brenda at the end. You know, just the revenge because this is what that's what you want to do. You want yeah. to get your revenge on Eric's uh, friend. And uh, wow, just wow. <laughs> Again, always every episode. Wow. I think I think Split Second was one of the few episodes where we didn't have some piece of trauma got uncovered. <laughs> My God. Okay, so back to the action. Um, you know, with the scars, they're shaking, they're shaking, fatting down, and Principal Underwood, un- underwear? underwear, it's Underwood. <laughs> Principal Underwood walks in. Principal Underwear walks in, and he's like, "What's going on here?" You know, and uh, and and he's looking at Vince, and he's like, "What's wrong with you, Vince?" And uh, I think it's Jake says something to him, and he goes, "Go fuck an iceberg." Well, oh like, yeah, so so uh, they said he's they said he's sick. Um, so they're saying Vince is sick. They're here to take him home. And they're like, he's burning up cause he's got the clap and they, you know, they all kind of laugh. And then he <laughs> yeah. fucking Underwood looks right at Jake and goes, go, go fuck an iceberg. And I was like, yes, <laughs> but then he drops the F bomb and I'm not yeah. talking about fuck. Uh, uh, unfortunately he calls, uh, one of them a faggot and he drops yep. that later and multiple times in this episode, uh, or in this, this movie, uh, people just throw that F word around and we've talked about it before, but it's, uh, Man, I'm I'm glad we've we've all decided as a as a society to just push that that word away because no, it's it's fucked up. Doesn't need to it, doesn't need to be agreed. said. Agreed, agreed. And you're not talking about a bundle of twigs, so don't give me that shit. Exactly. Uh, you know, and yeah, like because yeah, the underwear tells him to leave. And it's so funny because <laughs> dude, that's his name from now on. Just call him uh, Principal Underwear. And I'm calling him Underwear because you know whatever. Uh, John Ver- Vernon's not gonna. I think he might be passed away, actually. Yes, unfortunately, but, uh, 2012, he passed away. R.I.P. So, uh, yeah, he tells him to leave, and then Jake spits on the ground, and he's like, why don't you take your asses out of here before I feed him to the cops? Yeah. And and uh, at that point, I'm like, oh, dude, I just lost all respect for you. Like, really? And I know this was the 80s. It was a different time. But let's, again, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure drops that in, too. And I'm just yeah. like, yo, people who we thought were cool 
did a lot of that shit. So let's not even think that oh, only the bad guys talked like that. Yeah. Anyways, cut from there to cheer- cheerleader practice, which is so great because I mean cheerleader practice, and later on you're gonna uh, the lines that the cheerleaders are singing are so fucking funny. <laughs> I, uh, I wrote down a couple of them, but we'll yeah. get that in a second. So cheerleader practice. There's this creepy looking dude with wavy hair. Wes, right? Is that his name, Wes? Yeah, the the guy with the Letterman jacket on. Yes. Yeah. So that's Cindy's boyfriend, but he also likes Brenda. Yes. And I track on this that he actually might be the biggest scumbag of this entire movie. He <laughs> yeah. is a piece of shit. One. Yes. He looks like he's fifty. All right. No. Yes. No, guys. No joke. He legit. <laughs> looks i mean realistically 38 years old like yeah, legit 38 years old and we were we were talking uh spoiler alert we interviewed caleb emery who played woody in summer of 84 and that episode will drop on patreon uh next month and one of the things that we talked to him about is how much we loved in summer of 84 everyone that was supposed to be a kid was cast by an actor that was at least remotely in the age bracket of what they were supposed to be. And, you know, even if it's just a five-year window, because, you know, we I, I specifically remarked, I hate in these movies where they're supposed to be high schoolers and, you know, they're clearly fucking 30, not even in their 20s <laughs> yeah. anymore. They're in their 30s. And, man, that was such the 80s, dude. That was yeah. such the 80s that was like, you know, like, I mean, I swear to fucking Christ, the guy who plays Wes is older than me now. Like, like, like I'm 42. He was fucking, he looks older than me. It's insane. And then he gets even more scummy later. And I'll, you know what? I'll keep proving my point as to why he is actually the worst character in the entire fucking movie. Oh, I would, well, he didn't, he didn't rape somebody. Then okay. He, did, he doesn't head, rape but... anybody, but yeah, I mean, okay. I'll say this outside of, yeah, the gang members, like as if it was just like a school scenario, he's a yes. piece of shit. He's the biggest piece of, yes. he's a, he's a normal piece of shit. I guess I should say. Yeah. He's supposed to be like the, 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 the good looking hot dude of the school. I think that's the, the, the implication. He's a fucking goober. He's a fucking <laughs> yeah. like six foot tall, but he looks like a, a Kramer. He's got a fucking horse nose, you know? And, and he's just like, he totally like, does. Why are they trying to pass this guy off as the cool hot guy? And I'm like, you're not, yeah. you're a fucking goob. Yeah. You're yeah, a Reggie's better. 40 year old him, goob. But. Yeah, right. And yeah, yeah, Reggie at least looks his age, but we'll get to who who Reggie is in a minute. But yeah, he's watching he's watching his girlfriend Cindy. Who's hot? Uh, Cindy's hot. Who's hot? Jesus. And everyone in this movie's got cans, man. Everyone. (laughs) (laughs) The casting director had one criteria and that's cans. Oh man. Get to the shower scene in a second. (laughs) Yes, we will. (laughs) Uh, And then from there, suddenly Wes strolls on over to the locker or to the gym. And walks in on Brenda and her PE class. Yeah. And he's scoping her out. And Brenda's looking at him. And she's they're kind of making eyes at each other. And she's with her girls. And they're talking. And they point out the fact that he's got a boner. Because he has a full-on erection in his pants. <laughs> and he realizes that he does. And he hides behind the bleachers uh, of the gym. <laughs> and he reali- comes to this realization. Uh, I'm just looking at my note. And it says... I didn't. I didn't even look at it before I made that statement. But my note says Cindy's BF is is fucking forty hyphen. Also, Cindy has some cans on her too. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so from there, we cut to back to the scars, and they're underneath the bleachers of the high school, the outdoor bleachers, and they're drinking. 
And, and can, then can I just say that, like, I know they're the bad guys, but yeah. as far as like actor business goes, every time they're together as a group, I really enjoy watching them interact, even though they're yeah. they're picking on Vincent and everything. But I guess I, I I'm looking at it. I'm aware that, you know, yes, they're the bad guys, but I'm not like saying it like as like looking at their characters. I'm enjoying what the actors are doing and, and the business that they're giving their characters to do. I, I like their interactions. It's it's a lot of energy, I should say. It's it, it looks like they're having a good time, but still, you know, still intimidating. Yeah, if you think about some of the movies we've we've talked about that fall within this genre that we've already broke down, class of 1984, that gang was very just straight up evil from the get-go, right? They were just evil drug dealer scumbags from the get-go. Um, Tough Turf was, yeah, they were kind of shysty, like grifter people from the get-go. Um, so you knew that they were bad dudes from the get-go. You look at this group and you're like, so far, other than the female accosting scene, which is obviously a horrible. Yeah. Um, it, they haven't done anything else where you're like, Oh, these guys are really pieces of shit. They're just more like, these just are like some bad dudes, but they're not that bad. Right. Yeah, but I, I, I will say comparing it to class of 1984, uh, Jake does not have the, the qualities of Stegman. Stegman has, is so much fun, has so much charm. Uh, uh, Jake does not even remotely have that much charm. Although he is, interesting to watch you know uh on screen and he is intimidating but he doesn't he's no stegman i'll, I'll yeah, say he's that way less he's more one-dimensional but, than stegman is but i will say that he i like him better than the tough turf villain whereas like tough turf the villains didn't really stick out in my head like looking back on it, it for me it's more about kim richards and and uh uh james spader and stuff so like this group here i would say i'd put them in between but then again then we also have new kids um yeah. i like new kids a little bit better so in order it would go it would actually go uh stegman you know class of 84 uh new kids uh, this then then uh, tough turf as far as the the villains go, man. I have this is my fourth high school yes. uh, exploitation yes. film. Yes, it wow. yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yes, <laughs> and it's it, and trust me, it won't be my last. Oh, I, I'm I'm glad it's not. <laughs> but I'm but I'm glad we're we're getting to this. Like I'm, and, but I'm also glad that well, shit, you introduced me to every single one of them. So. I'm really glad that we're doing Savage Streets where we are. Like, I'm glad we didn't start with it, you know? Yeah, me too. Like, I'm glad we kind of built up to it, although maybe you could say we built down to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we built down to it. Yeah, like, there we it's go. Not, I, out of, if, if I had to rank these, I, I would put it last on this list so far of my favorite of the – but it's not to say it's bad. I'm just right, saying yeah, that's yeah. where I would put it. Of, of, the, of the bad guys, they're not – our favorite bad guys, but this movie makes up for that in <laughs> the other <laughs> wonderful aspects of it. Yes, indeed. Uh, which we're going to get to really soon. So, uh, so yeah, Jake's scopes, the cheerleaders and he's, he's, they're ogling the cheerleaders and this is, uh, the cheerleaders are singing their, their cheerleading song. Our backs are breaking. Our skirts are too tight to the left, to the right. Our hips are shaking to the left, to the right. <laughs> I'm just like, damn. And I never heard girls at a football game do that cheer. No. And keep in <laughs> mind, 
for some reason, uh, the <laughs> the production designer, the costumer, uh, chose no bras for anybody. So no. poor girls doing cheerleading in no bra whatsoever. And I'm like, oh, my God. I mean, yay. But also, I feel bad <laughs> for the actress playing Cindy. Yeah. I mean, this is this is like canon textbook of, uh, <laughs> you know. Just no, 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 no. I, I, I. But can we do this scene? Can, can I put a jacket on during, in between takes because I'm naked and I'm cold? No, 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 no. 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 You, you keep jacket off. It's, it looks better on film. It's fine. You're fine. No, I'm freezing right now, and everyone else has a jacket on, and I'm naked. <laughs> no, no, no. You're good. You're good. How do you know? You're not inside my body. No, I'm inside your head, and I know. I'm, I'm, I'm producer. Don't worry. Come on. It's Guys, okay. This canon film. Like we always say, please, if you haven't seen Electric Boogaloo, <laughs> the canon documentary, and this isn't a canon movie, but just just go watch that, guys. Just go watch it. You'll get the jokes. This this definitely gets into the uh, this is canon realm, though. Yeah. So yeah. from from there, uh, the scars spot Heather. Remember Heather? Yeah. Yep. So she she's walking off to the gym. Uh, she sees Brenda, and uh, and then Cindy walks in, and then Cindy's like basically threatens Brenda. Uh, to stay away from Wes because Wes is still there when when Cindy walks in. Yeah, yeah, uh, and it's funny. Cin- uh, Brenda, ogling, yeah, ogling Brenda, and Brenda's like, okay, and then Cindy just flips off Brenda, which is really fucking funny. Anybody, <laughs> when anybody flips somebody off in a movie, I think I always think it's funny. Um, and then she, from there, Brenda sees Heather, and then she's talking to her. <laughs> I'm not gonna re- I'm not gonna read what I wrote down because it's something my former video man boss Robert used to say about people with special needs. Because mm. uh, I'm like, why is she talking to her like she's three? She's talking. Well, she's. Oh, well, are she's okay? No, well, I, I took it as she was and, she was enunciating her words so that her sister could read her, her lips. Okay. Yeah. I'll give you that. I, I, <laughs> I'm just like, they're treating this girl. If she's deaf, if this is her sister, she's got to know sign language at this point. Come on. Like. All right. I want to know a little more backstory. I want to. I want to know how long Heather has been deaf. Well, you know? uh, well. Unfortunately, apparently, the original script and a lot of stuff that they shot that got changed um, had a lot more of the Brenda and Heather stuff oh. together. Um, there was a lot more to that relationship. And actually, because uh, I was watching an interview with Linda Blair on on the Blu-ray disc, which um, again, great great disc by Code yeah. Red. Um, she was saying that <laughs> the you know the the tub scene while obviously everyone in the theater enjoyed it um it kind of it made more sense because i think there were scenes of her and heather in the bathroom and and stuff like that like that that scene was supposed to have more of an impact and, and more of an emotional uh grounding but because they took all the rest of that shit out it plays as just exploitative you know um but apparently there was a lot more with heather and brenda actually i think when we get to that scene it makes sense to me because she's plotting. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I didn't find it to be like unnecessary. And I, you know, obviously I was happy with the nudity, but like, yeah, I didn't feel like it didn't fit, you know, like I'm like, yeah, "Yeah, you would be sitting in the bathtub brewing, you know, and stewing about shit. Yeah. Which she's obviously going to do. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, so it's outside of the fact that she's talking to her, like she's three, but you, you pointed out that she's enunciating makes sense. Uh, Heather got, 
Brenda a necklace, which is really sweet. It's kind of a touching moment. I really like it because it feels genuine at the end, like they're embracing each other. And she's like, okay, well, I'm going to go shower and I'll just stay here and I'll be back. Yeah, except when Brenda's like, oh, God, I love you so much. And I'm like, that's weird. Like, I feel like you don't say that to your your sister, I guess. I don't know. Maybe well, girls do. I don't know. But it felt very, like... I don't know, very sexual, but like, you know, you know, yeah. not obviously, but like weird. Just, I was like, Oh God, I love you so much. I'm like, that's weird. But okay. Sure. It I mean, I love my sister, to, but not that much. It speaks <laughs> to what uh red, uh, when he red asks Heather who she's ever kissed in a minute, we're going to get to. Oh God. So, okay. <laughs> yeah. So that, I'm like, actually oh, you God. tapping into that makes a lot more sense. Oh God. Um, <laughs> and cue shower time. Yes, dude. 20 minutes, 20 minutes. And I mean, so far it's already been great, but it gets even greater. And honestly, it keeps going. It just keeps going from here. It, it At this point, I think this is the point when, uh, Kristen, for those of you not who don't know, is my wife. She's like, "What are you watching?" And she goes, "Is this a Corey pick?" I go, "No, this is my pick." And she's like, "It is." <laughs> and I go, she's "Yeah, like, my husband is sleazy too." <laughs> I said, "You do know the show that we do, right?" I, said, I know you haven't listened to an episode of it, but you do know that this show is it, this falls within the realm of our show, <laughs> and it all makes sense. It all makes sense. Like, look. This is just the reality of these kind of movies, you know? It's yeah. all good. Yeah. Um, and, and this is the moment that I texted Zach. I go, hey, Zach, it seems like a it seems like a bunch of women are using the girls' locker room. Because <laughs> we, we have, guys, we have full bush. We have full-on 30-some-year-old women all <laughs> using the shower of, of, a, of a locker room that's supposed to be for kids, I guess, you know, for, for high schoolers. And I'm just like, okay. I mean, look, I, I, I'm not saying I want to see an age appropriate or anything like that. I Trust me, I'm not saying that at all. But, I mean, come on, guys. They are full-on women. They're just women. And yeah, there's it, also just men in this movie. It's just I just find it funny. I just find it fucking hilarious. It's like the director wanted to say, okay, look, these are teens in the shower, but you knew you do know they're all adults. They're clearly adults. Clearly, clearly. clearly. To to uh, to quote a one of my favorite uh, '80s schlock songs from Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, "Puberty, Puberty Love." <laughs> I haven't seen Attack of the Killer Tomatoes in forever, but when I was a kid, I liked the cartoon a lot. Uh, the cartoon's the shit. And yeah. the fact that that's not on DVD is, like, heartbreaking. That's bullshit uh, right there. That's bullshit. horrible, because that was – that cartoon, I could do a whole thing on that cartoon. Uh, that I, I hope that it pops up on TV Obscura at some point. Yeah, that that, that one's going to be great. And Attack of the Killer Tomatoes will wind up on there. Hell yeah. Uh, for sure. But anyways, back to uh, yeah, Heather's in the gym. Then you cut alone, uh, and then back in the shower, Fran's talking to her group with Brenda about throwing a party. And can and we? I mean, the, the first shot in the shower scene is a beautifully curvy woman uh woman again emphasizing woman uh sh you know showering and the camera like it's actually ultimately 
it's actually a really cool shot because the camera dollies left, uh, you know, through the shower. I mean, it's sleazy as fuck. It's just a bunch of women, again, yeah, women, a whole bunch of extras uh, too. taking showers. Yeah, and then it and then it goes over to the our main group of, of girls actually talking and everything, and it it actually has a little bit of dialogue before they cut to a you know a closer shot. But uh, you know, for a movie with a low budget. That's actually a pretty fucking good, like, like that's a big setup shot, you know? Like, having any time, guys and gals, anytime you see camera movement in a low-budget film, it takes a while to set up any kind of camera movement shot. So you know that they spent time on that shot and the choreography of the girls, like, showering and stuff. I mean, honestly, like, <laughs> technically... Technically, it was technically sound, but as far as how it made little Corey feel, great. Great in my <laughs> pants. It made me feel great in my pants. <laughs> I'm going to say also one of the reasons I chose this movie was a thank you note to you. I, I knew you would really enjoy this film, and that's the reason why. And I'm like, I'm going to throw Corey a solid and choose <laughs> something that he'll that just like speaks to his loins. Oh, oh man, I, I appreciate that, but... I feel bad knowing what I gave you for our next movie. <laughs> oh, look, I, I'm not going to say what it is, but I'm just going to say that when I when I opened it up and, and I did the unboxing, which if you don't know, the unboxings are on our Patreon and you'll have to check that out. It's definitely worth it. Uh, and I shouted out one of the actors in it. I'm like, that's the actor. That's the only actor I can give a <laughs> shout out to. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Hey, everybody. Corey here. I just wanted to let you know that we'll be right back after these short messages. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim, and with me today in studio is co-host Oh, hey, Dean. hey, Tim. Dean. Huh? Uh, this isn't a full episode. This is actually just an ad. All we have to do is tell everyone that our podcasts come out on Mondays and they can find us on their favorite podcatcher. If they're into movies, comics, or video games, they should definitely check us out. Oh, well then, thanks everybody for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Talking back. Hello! La la la. I'm Adam. And I'm Corey. And we are the hosts of Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. We are breaking down every single episode of Seinfeld as we watch it, reliving this amazing show. That's right. It's a trip down memory lane for all of us 90s kids out there. You can find Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, and Patreon. La la la. Hello everybody, I'm Adam. I'm John. And every week we are giving you a blast from our past. We are the podcast that brings you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, album reviews, top tens, and more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. So please join us every single week on the Blast From Our Past podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, however you listen to podcasts, you can find us, and we would love to have you take a trip with us to the land of nostalgia. And now, back to the show. Anyways, back to the back to the action of Savage Streets. So, yes, uh, all the extras are naked in the shower, showering, and all the principals are in their underwear in the locker room. And uh, Franny's talking about how she wants to throw a party. 
a bachelorette party. So they didn't have their bachelorette, yeah. I guess, earlier. Yeah. But I'm like, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, she's getting married? How how old is this chick? She's right. a high school chick, right? Yeah. And, uh, and Brenda's showing off her necklace. Then you cut back to Heather in the gym. She's alone. She takes off her shoes and she starts dancing. She's doing, like, ballet. Uh, and then you cut to Q, uh, Red. Well, can I can I just I'm sorry, I just want to interject real quick. Yeah. One important piece of information that Franny also said, uh, or Francine, whatever you want to, uh, whatever her name is, um, she's pregnant. So that is another very important piece of information. So yes, it's it's weirdly I feel like the way that they say it, it almost implies that like she did it on purpose because she was like, we were going to get married anyways. It just now just kind of speeds it up. And I'm like, okay, interesting, interesting. Or, you know, maybe she's just implying that she's going to keep the kid or whatever. But, um, I was like, whoa, I mean, this movie's, this movie's tackling some, some issues, teen pregnancy. I mean, this is like, this is no small thing, but they just kind of like, you know, eh, whatever. But she does tell Brenda that she wants Brenda to be the godmother, you know? Yes, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Uh, Brenda, who smokes throughout this whole thing, too. This entire thing in school. In school. I tracked yeah, in that. School. I tracked that so in many class. times. Yep, yep. In class. Yeah. In fucking class in front of her teacher. Yes, but whatever, you know. Sure, sure. sure. She's, she's, sure. She's, she's she's Linda Blair. Um, yeah, cut cut back to the, the gym with Heather's dancing and her, doing her ballet routine and Red's clapping, which she would not, I, I, I guess she wouldn't hear, but, you know, she does see Red. And he's like, I... I ain't never talked to no deaf girl before <laughs> or something like that. And he's like, you move real nice. Yeah. And and then you're like, oh, man, this is not going to go well for Heather. Not very at all. Soon. Not but at all. How long is it going to how long is it going to be until it goes bad for Brenda or sorry for Heather? So cut back to Brenda talking to Franny. And that's when they're yeah, Franny's talking about getting married. And that's when she reveals she's pregnant. Uh, and then, you know, they're like Brenda's like, oh, I got to go get Heather. And they're like, see you at the Amex Club, MX Club tonight cut back to red and he's talking to heather and heather it's like it seems kind of sweet there's a lot of tension though because you know it's not going to go right and red plays it the guy who plays red plays it so well because it seems so genuinely kind of interested in her yes and she's showing him sign language and it's all good and he's like i want to show you sign language and he starts showing her you know like the, the basically like the, the the finger going in the hole uh sign you know of course and uh like going in and out and he's like do you know that sign and she's like shaking her head no (laughs) and he's like oh you don't and i'm like wait okay how old is this chick supposed to be and this also spoke to the point where i'm like i don't think she's just deaf i think she's also like well, I mean, honestly, I, I kind of, no, dude. I know I'll push back. I'll say if you, if you're deaf and mute, I don't think you're going to go out too much and interact with too many guys. True. I, I think, I think her experience <laughs> is just very low. Like, I just don't think she has a lot of experience even hanging out or interacting with, with guys. But that being said, this is when I again i don't i i I never loved the 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 characters of the bad guys but the actor who played red i liked him like and i I liked the actor who played fargo like i liked the actors because i could see what they were doing and i could dis like disassociate myself from the character and i think red does a great job here of like walking that line between sincere because he has to be to get her close to him he can't just be a dick right away because she'll just run away but like he actually 
does a good job of being sincere, but also sinister at the same time. Honestly, the guy who played Red was fucking great, man. Seriously. They all, was, honestly, all of them besides uh, Venny were fucking awesome. Yeah, he's he's really good. He reminded me of... He reminded me of the blonde secondhand bad guy to toe cutter in Mad Max, the original Mad Max. That's kind of who he reminded me of. He reminds he reminded me of Ethan Embry. You know that actor, Ethan Embry. He's on that show Sneaky Pete now. But oh, okay. uh, Ethan Embry was uh, back in the day. He was like in Empire Records. Um, okay. He. Uh, you know. Yeah, I recognize that guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like a teen actor for the longest time. Yeah. Like he kind of had that quality about him too, uh, or a little bit of uh, oh, the fucking guy from Hackers and uh, Train Spotting. Uh, that's actually more Johnny Lee so. Miller. Yeah, Johnny that's, Lee Miller. That's yeah. actually more where I I would I kind of would put together him with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, this, why does this guy look familiar? And then he only has one, basically one screen credit. You know, I'm like, well, that's a shock. Anyways, yeah, he's he's doing the whole finger thing, and you're like, yeah, now it's getting a little weird. This is okay. Then we know where this is gonna go. Cuts back to Cin- uh, Brenda in the locker room. Cindy rolls up and she wants to fight Brenda. <laughs> and she's, and she's in like, her underwear. <laughs> she's in her underwear and she just wants to go. She wants to, you know, tussle with Brenda. And Brenda's like, uh, you know, she's like, stay away from Wes. And she's like, you know, that. I'm not even going to say it. She's like, that's her stupid stuff. Uh, you know, she calls yeah. him an F word, the F word that we hate. And I even wrote down like everyone, everyone in this movie is just throwing that word around. Like, like, like it's nothing, you know? And yeah. again, that's what the eighties were. The eighties were very just unaware. Un PC. Look, yeah. And, and look folks, it's like we're, Corey and I are not politically incorrect people necessarily. I, yeah. I, I'm teacher, blah, blah, blah. But it's more about having awareness. Like, yeah. You just don't, you know, that's, that, that's, that's, that's not cool. It's just not cool. Agreed. Um, agreed. And now, I, I, can I say what I do love, though? <laughs> I love how she's like, stay away from Wes. And he's like, stay away from Wes. And like, Brenda's like, I wouldn't even fuck him if he was the last dick on the planet. And then the guttural yell, the battle cry that cindy lets out i was like oh my god i i was i think i was like like just kind of like you know i'm watching it but i'm like you know kind of slouching a little bit and when she lets out that guttural battle cry i sat up and i'm like oh my god it's on (laughs) yeah it's really fun it's a great fucking scene actually it's a really great scene it really is because because like brenda completely just dismisses her and you can just tell cindy like wants to fight you know so like the fact that she just blows her off just makes her just go insane well, <laughs> i'm surprised it. that she didn't go after her right after she called her the c word too you know when yeah. uh, when but but yeah no it's great so yeah they're, they're gonna tussle and it's coming up soon folks and uh you cut back to red and red wants to kiss heather and then you know she basically says in her way that she's only kissed her dad and he's like, you only kissed your dad? And he's dead. Yeah. So I was like, oh, Jesus, this is really uncomfortable. Yeah. And he's and like, Brett, and I, like, I'm still alive and twitching. Yeah, I'm still alive and twitching. So he's making his move on her. And she breaks away from him and tries to run out of the gym. She runs to one door. Uh, Fargo's at the door. She turns around and runs to the other door. And there's Jake. And the whole gang's there. 
So my question to you is, <laughs> was Fargo and Jake just standing outside of those doors in case she runs away? Because like Red was in there for a bit. Like, like let's just say realistically, you know, let's just say 20, 30 minutes, right? Because he had to like yeah. stand there. He had to like talk. You, you got to work you, her over. You got to work her over. You got the sense that they were kind of talking for a little bit. So my takeaway was like, so was like Fargo just standing there twiddling his thumbs the entire time? <laughs> waiting yeah, for maybe she would go out that door like you know what i mean like maybe yeah he's not playing you know he's not he's not playing uh angry birds on yeah. his phone or whatever yeah. exactly because there's no fucking cell phones back yeah, in 1984 exactly. what the fuck do you do when you stand around doing nothing back in 1984 you know what you do you fucking like literally just kick rocks you, you look at your rocks. feet and you kick rocks yeah and 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 just to paint a picture of what fargo looks like He's uh he's wearing a leather vest and nothing else on top. Oh, and a bandana around his neck the entire movie. Yeah. So this is his look. Yeah. Uh, the entire movie. And as well it should be because he's fucking got rock hard abs. That, yeah. He's that, Joe Piscopo. <laughs> he's Joe Piscopo. Man, fucking show those motherfuckers off. And you devious. worked for those motherfuckers. Show them <laughs> yes, off. Yes, you did. You worked it. You earned it. Right. So from there, we cut back to Brenda fighting Cindy. And it's a pretty good fight. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, <laughs> it's I like well, I enjoyed it. It's it's fun because it, she's doing a lot of like ducking and dodging and, and, and whatnot. But there is actually a better fight yeah, going behind on them. behind Cindy <laughs> yeah. with these two naked chicks that are like they're really getting into it to the point where I was afraid they were going to like hit one of the faucets or something. Yeah. But the, the, there is a there is a legit amazing fight going on behind Cindy guys. It's, it's actually fucking good. Yeah. It's, it's hilarious because it's, it's, there's multiple things going on in this scene and multiple things to look at. Brenda and Cindy are, are not (laughs) naked, but the other girls are. So just gives you a paints a picture of what to expect in this scene. I felt like Ford Fairlane when he goes to the sorority house and he's like oh, oh, looking like left and right, just like looking everywhere during that scene. That's what I was doing. It's like, oh, my God, look at that corner. Look over there. It's just so it's, much. It too. So amazing. I'm like, oh, my scene. God. So many naked women. So many naked women, women fighting teenagers. each other yes. with full on bushes, not Merkins, bushes. This is the 80s. It was a different. <laughs> <laughs> different different length different length back then um <laughs> so <laughs> cuts back to now heather's getting raped mm. she's in the bathroom uh girl's bathroom and she's getting raped uh it's really this is this is this reminds me of this is probably one of the more uncomfortable rape scenes i've seen in a movie next to last house on the left or yeah. uh, i spit on your grave yeah uh, it's not as bad as those but it's pretty damn close where it goes on way too long basically jake forces Vinny. Vinny's like uncomfortable. I don't know if he's on drugs or what. I'm, I'm assuming yeah. he's on drugs. The guy but who he, plays Vincent, he he's doing some, he's making some interesting choices as an actor in this movie. Yeah. And, and they're all roughly around his facial expressions. Yeah. He's got just the bizarre facial expressions and Jake's like trying to get him pumped up basically to, to rape Heather. Yeah. Heather's on the ground naked. She looks like a, 
like a young girl and it's very uncomfortable. It's very uncomfortable. It is. And, and the fact that like Fargo is taking her lipstick and making circles around her, her breasts and, uh, and yeah. like on her face and stuff. So I ask you this was night of the demons an homage, a reference to this because one, uh, Linnea Quigley's wearing like that, you know, it's kind of a very similar style with like the 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 dress and the yeah. little bouffant uh, shoes things, you know. But then in the famous scene when she's possessed and does the the lipstick around her breast and then puts the you know the lipstick into her nipple, but she also puts like the lipstick around her face. I was like, I'm watching this. I'm watching this. Having you know seen Night of the Demons, I'm like. And Night of the Demons, I think, came out in, like, 88, 86, something like that. This is 84. So I'm like, are they, like, referencing Savage Streets, do you think? I, maybe. I, I mean, I I wouldn't put it past them to, to do that. Because um, I feel like this movie is, is known enough in that, in this, in, like, in the film community, you know? Like, people yeah. who know cult movies know this movie. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. It's, it's as... I mean, it's inc- it's super uncomfortable uh, yeah. to watch, and 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 you know, and th- they're getting like Vinny ready, and then when Vinny basically realizes he's popping his cherry for the first time, Jake even says that Vinny goes in her, and then you know <laughs> he lets out this weird kind of orgasmic sound, and you cut well, to it, well, actually, no, I. I, I just want to say that actually they did a really good job. She yeah. lets out a scream, but since she's mute, um, nothing comes out. But that it goes right to a, a phone ringing, like That's her, right. and and so he he enters, and she did like the camera like shoots in on her face really fast. But it's really artistic. She lets out a scream because, but she's can't doesn't say anything. So it like it cuts to like a phone ringing. Yeah, it's really. Man, it's really uncomfortable. It's it is. Really hard it really watch. is. It it's, is. It's it's the worst scene in the movie just for like just intensity. Um, but it kind of sets up the tone of the film from that point on where you're like, it, you understand why Brenda wants revenge and the kind of revenge of she wants. Of course. Um, it, it all makes sense. So you from there, you, and we're not done with that, folks, by the way. Uh, cut back to the principal's office, underwear, principal underwear. And <laughs> he's got Cindy and Brenda in there. And... Uh, Brenda's just sitting there with this like snarky look on her face and Cindy's crying and underwear is like, Oh, you stop crying. Knock it off. Knock it off. Stop (laughs) crying, which is really fucking funny actually. And then just lets her go. He just is like, you can leave Cindy. And then he looks at Brenda because now you realize Brenda's the one who's going to take the brunt of the punishment. And he's like, look, you're a bright girl, pretty face, good figure. I'm like, wow, you're a fucking scumbag, dude. First of all, you're a scumbag. Yeah, I'm like, I, I write down, is the principal hitting on Brenda? I mean, let's, let's you know, let's not excuse the fact that she's literally about ready to light up a cigarette in the principal's office. Uh, you know, that's one thing, but he is very overtly hitting on her. Yes, with his pock-filled old man face. Yes. It's really yes. gross. It's really it gross. is. It really it's, is. It's just, you know, no, no offense to the actor, but it's just... You know, I guess that's the whole point. This is like the second of maybe three scenes he's in, and then this that's basically it for his character. Yeah, and, uh, and two of those three scenes, he hits on Brenda. Yeah, exactly. Yep. <laughs> right. uh, cut back to the bathroom floor, uh, and Heather's still on the ground. It's post-Vinny raping her. 
and the guys are all arguing about whose turn it's n- is next. Is this when um, Jake kisses Fargo? <laughs> no, this is when Fargo kisses Jake. Yeah, so sorry. like so so far so Jake says it's Red's turn next. Fargo's like, nah, it's my turn. Yeah, they get into a little bit of a scuffle, but Jake has him like push up against the the stall or something, and then Fargo just straight up like kisses him. And sure, I mean, I, I, it's I don't care, but like at the same time, I'm like, wow, like full on, like he gives him plants him, and then. And when Jake gives him a look, Fargo like licks his own lips and then they both kind of laugh. And I'm like, man, this is like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I guess I think back to those group of guy friends that you hear about in high school that like all like watch porn and jerk off together. I, I never quite understood that. I was never like a part of that kind of friend group. Um, I I know people and I'm not referring to you. I'm no, I know other friends who've been in that situation and they, they were weirded out by it. But I never... I just, I guess I never understood it. And then here I'm just like, okay, all right, Fargo, do, I, do your thing, man. You know, like, but there's a lot of male on male crotch grabbing and a lot of male on male kissing. And I say that because earlier in the movie, in the very first act, the first scene, um, before the girls steal the, the car, we see there's like a little drug deal happening. And at the beginning of that shot of the, of the, the guys, the scars dealing with that biker or whatever, yeah. it starts with like Jake kissing that guy on the lips and then like pulling away. Like that's how that shot starts. Yeah. So like right away, I'm just like, there's a lot of guy on guy kissing in here. Hey, not that there's anything wrong with that. I'm just, I'm surprised. That's all. It's 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 all good. It yeah. It, it speaks to like my brother used to watch porn with his buddies too, and I'm just like I don't, I don't fucking get it. I remember I come home and he's like, Zach, get in here, watch this. I'm like, get I, don't wanna, I don't want to. I don't want you get in here and watch this. That was what would happen on a on a not a regular basis, but too often. Once is more than enough as far as I'm concerned, and I just want to go upstairs and play with my GI Joes. And I'm not even joking. Um, well, and, yeah. and, and real quick, like, like you know, you hear about, like, fraternities and hazing and, like, uh, yeah. something about, like, the salty cracker where, like, everybody's got to jerk off on a, in a circle onto a cracker and the last person's got to eat it. Like, when I heard that, I was like, if I was pledging, I'd be like, I mean, before the even, like, the, yeah, just, like, to the jerking process. I'm like, no, uh, no, I'm, I don't need to be a, a, a part of this fraternity. Nope. Thank you. I'm out. Like, yep. I just, I don't, I don't get any of these things. And it's... And it's always done by, I guess, straight people. And again, I'm not, I'm not trying to make any like statement about sexuality or anything. It's just, it's more about like, I, I don't know, so, social norms or something. I, I don't know. I, I'm sure there's, there's smarter people than me that can have this discussion. I, I just, I just don't get it. I guess I just I don't mean, get my, that sense of that, that masculinity, that side of masculinity. I guess I don't get. If you talk to my ex-wife, she'd be like, oh, they were sexually traumatized as kids or whatever. And I mean, she might be right. I mean, I, you know what I mean? Like she, not be she might be right. Yeah. She could yeah. be right. Who knows? Uh, she might be onto something. Anyways, speaking of trauma. Yeah. They, they're arguing about whose turn is next. And then you cut back to cut to Brenda with her girls. And Brenda's like, I'm never going to get out of this place. And, uh, you know, she, she's, she's all bummed out and she's like, Oh, I got to go get Heather. And then you cut back to the bathroom and Heather's on the ground still. And they're getting ready to, uh, oh, uh, yeah, they're like, somebody's coming, right? And they're getting, packing up because Fargo's on top of Heather. And it's really uncomfortable. You know, he he gets up and he's pulling his pants up and they're going to take off. And Heather's laying there just conscious, but just, you know, traumatized. And Jake just, apparently he did this more than once in the original cut. Uh, 
but he just stomps and kicks her in the head, gives her oh. a head kick. Like I thought he stomped on her head. And that's what I thought. Yeah. Um, and what, who gives a fuck? It's horrible. Whatever it's brutal. happens. It's brutal. Yeah. And she looks like a little child who's just been raped. It's yeah. ri- it's okay f- folks like this is the only part of the movie where i'm just like ooh, this is uncomfortable you know yeah um uh, but it, but again it's exploitation like this is what happens in exploitation films if you're not used to this by now it's it's what happens in this genre yeah you're used to it yeah although i will say it, it seems to me that like this this is an exploitation film with a moral compass you know and and it's it's showing you know it's showing bad shit that we we expect to see from an exploitation film but it's also trying to show the ramifications even though you know they are obviously very heightened and 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 movie-esque yeah i'm not um you know this isn't like a death spa where it's just straight up exploitation yeah and it doesn't make any fucking sense right the movie's kind of dog shit this actually has some sort of point to it right it's not toxic avenger where it's just like one funny thing after another let's you know do some raunchy shit this 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 has a point this has this follows the death wish um scenario death wish for those of you that might not remember has a horrible rape scene in it too that's the whole point of why bronson goes on his fucking killing spree yep uh in that movie by the way the action really doesn't start taking place until the third act of the movie. Kind of similar to what goes on in this. The third yeah. act is when things pick up. Um, so when people go like, oh, these movies are boring, but Death Wish is so cool. Death Wish did the same fucking thing. Texas Chainsaw Massacre doesn't actually pick up until the last 20 minutes of the movie where you're like, oh, the shit doesn't hit the fan until the hour in. Yeah. You know, a lot of, a lot of, I think a lot of people, I'm just thinking about like what may or may not be said comment wise. Cause I think people forget that a lot of iconic films that they think, oh, that's the movie. They follow the same formula that people complain about nowadays with movies. Oh, it takes so long for the action to pick up. No, it's kind of the way it was. Yeah. I feel like the movies back then were a little bit more of a slower burn, you know? Yeah. And I like that. I I yeah. totally dig that. As long as the burn up to that point makes sense and it's yeah. good. I feel like this kind of does. This takes you on a little bit of a journey. Yeah. It's not the best, like we've already said, but it's still fun nevertheless. Exactly. Including the name of the hospital that Heather is now in. Oh, I didn't notice. What is it? Doctor Hospital. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even notice that. Like, that's oh, awesome. That's that's, that's awesome. cool. <laughs> that's awesome, bro. That is awesome. Oh man. So yeah. So Heather's now in Doctor Hospital. I think she's in a coma. They don't. They, good thing she she should be in Patient Hospital, but that's a whole other story. Um, <laughs> yeah, this hospital's only for doctors. Yeah, it's only for. The, sorry, uh, there's a doctor in that room. And there's a, oh, you're a if nurse. You need a and doctor. They're over there. They're in that room. <laughs> you need to go to Nurse's Hospital. She's down the room. Um, yeah. So ma. Uh, so in, in Heather's room, Brenda's in there with mom, and mom's got to leave to go to work. Brenda stays. Brenda does finally go home, and in her little. Um, Mitsubishi Montero, I think yeah, that is. Think I'm like, so. oh shit, that's old school. I didn't know Mitsubishi had cars back in the early '80s. Yeah, that's dude, fucking cool. I saw that and I was like, boy, is that like so not an exciting car to have in a movie? <laughs> you know, like, like you know, you you can put any car in there you want, and you put like a Mitsubishi Montero, and you're like, oh. okay, all Give right, a, sure. I, I, you know, what car she should have had? She should have had an RX-7. Sure. I mean, she should have literally had any other car than what she had, but yeah. that's fine. It's, it's maybe it's more realistic this way. 
I guess so. Yeah, it's kind of a nice car if you think about it. It was like having an Iowa Walkman back in the day. Yeah. The people that had Iowa Walkmans were like, oh, shit, you got the Iowa? You know, everyone else had Sony Walkmans, you know, because but if you had an Iowa, it was kind of like, ooh, did you go to Japan to get that? That's so cool. You know, I don't I don't know this Walkman. I only had oh. Sony's. Iowa was dope because it was slim before there was a slim case. Oh, OK. Cool. So it literally was almost the size of a cassette, just oh. a little bit thicker. Oh, nice. So it slid into your back pocket. It was really nice. Anyways, um, yeah, so Brenda goes home. She goes into Heather's room, and she cries when she sees a photo of her and Heather. And it makes sense, you know? It's like, yeah, her sister's been terrorized. Yeah. Um, So now you cut to Club MX. Now we're back to some good fucking music. Uh, This new wave band who, it's, they don't, it's almost like they don't know how to act when they're on film. Uh, It's very awkward. But they're, they're, getting set up to play some cool fucking new wave rock and roll. Um, Brenda's talking to some old chick named Charlene. I'm assuming she's like the owner of the club MX. Yeah. I was like, who is the old lady comforting Brenda? Cause yeah. it's, it's not her mom. No. And, and you know, like, yeah, I was like, I feel like, you know, knowing that there was a lot cut from the movie and there was a lot changed and altered, I feel like that was a character that was probably expanded upon uh, yeah. a little bit, especially later when they're at Club MX and, you know, when it's not during, like, normal operating hours. So they must, like, know that lady. Honestly, you know, maybe she's a mom of one of the, the girls. I, I don't know. Um, but my only takeaway from the, the band is that they were no tough turf band. That's for no, sure. they, they were not. Um, and who was that lead singer for in the tough turf band? He was like famous. Wasn't he uh, like a famous like punk or, or, or even like poet or something like that? He was uh, somebody that I actually recognized his name. Yeah. Jim Carroll. Jim Carroll, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, Jim Carroll, that's a famous band. I think this was just, this was not, this wasn't even uh, John Farnham. Right. Uh, I'm pretty sure. And, and I'm Which, pretty sure what they were, like, what the band in the movie was playing, like, when they were on set, like, you know, is not the music that we hear in the movie because it doesn't look like they're doing the same thing or even moving at the right rhythm. No. And, 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 you know, when we actually get to, some of the songs later on, that's all John Farnham. And yes. again, if you yeah. don't know who John Farnham is, do a deep dive on YouTube for his music uh, because he's so good. He's so good. John Farnham. Oh my God. So anyways, they're at club MX. Uh, yeah. The old chick is, is comforting Brenda. And when their gang, the girl gang is like, uh, you know, Brenda's like, no one's going to do anything. Uh, because they're like, what are we going to do? And Brenda's like, no one's going to do anything. The cops aren't going to do anything. No one's, you know, they're going to give some stupid speech at school. And, and you know, Charlene is like, uh, I, was it Charlene? Who's like, what am I going to do if Bre- if Heather dies? Or no, yeah. Brent, sorry. Brenda's like, what am I going to do if Heather dies? You know? Yeah. And, and Charlene's like, you have to believe that she's going to, like, so she says believe something. And then I love, I mean, this is so over the top. Brenda goes, believe? I stopped believing in God when my dad died. And I'm like, <laughs> I was like, God damn. damn. I'm like, you're way too young to be this uh, jaded. But at the same time, I was like, that is just such, like, ham-fisted, you know, uh, writing right there. You know, it's yeah. just, it's so cheesy. Oh, yeah, she... <laughs> It's like they got to hammer home the point that she's just like all hope is lost mm-hmm. and she's going to take. But it's but it's kind of, but yeah, there's they're missing scenes to kind of build up to that. But they, they are. 
but uh, that's that's one of the few flaws in this film. Cut to uh, Jake and Fargo and Red, and they're getting in a car at a warehouse in downtown L.A. Uh, yeah, um, it looks like Fashion District, uh, yep. especially later knowing that, that it is like a, a place with a bunch of uh, fabric and stuff. My only note for this little scene is how fucking cool is it to be able to walk off that loading dock and and like basically sit into your convertible car. I just I was like the second time I watched that I was like, "Oh, that's really fucking cool." Like they you just because they, it's a convertible car, it's lower than the loading dock, so they just are walking up to the car, but they just basically step down into their seats. And I yeah. was like, "That's fucking cool. I'm not going to lie. That's really fucking cool." It's really cool. This this movie uh in in many ways reminded me of like things that I miss about downtown LA that yeah. I can't do anymore. Yeah. Know? It's just, I, I miss it, man. Like I remember the last time I went to Hollywood Boulevard and it's just not the same anymore. Uh, and then, you know, I've gone down to Boyle Heights in the fashion district and in the warehouse district. And it just, I don't know. I, I, I really love downtown LA there, as a, as a parent. Now there's parts of downtown LA that are super kid friendly. Uh, there's a lot more parks and shit like that. But it's it's really there's aspects of it that I miss. It's and sanitized now. It's 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 very sanitized. Yeah, which is which is good. Fine, which is fine. Good. Yeah, and I used to live in downtown LA, um, right on Sixth and Spring for about two years, uh, and it was I loved it, man. I will never. I would never want to take those those years away. Um, it was a lot of fun, but I, I I also got to know like East LA Fashion District because you know you go go to somebody's party, you go like hey let's go hang out over here. You know you just you wander, you you wind up over there, but it's nowhere the same as it was back back in the day, no. like back in '84. That shit was dangerous. You didn't go uh, down down in downtown. I mean shit, look at uh just watch the beginning of Terminator. You know that's yeah. that was like broad way and uh you know like probably sixth or fifth uh basically right i grew up one street over for or not grew up i i lived one street over from broadway and uh that's what downtown looked like it does not look like that anymore it's it's anymore. really insane no no you're right you're right and this is kind of where we'll come back to this warehouse district later on in the movie yeah but um uh cuts to Vinny taken out of the trash at a restaurant that I guess he works at or something yeah. like that. And, uh, and Jake shows up and, and Vinny's like, you know, oh, what about that girl? And uh, I don't know. He's like, kind of, I wrote, he's ha he was having remorse about what he did mm -hmm. and what had happened. And, uh, and Jake basically forces, he doesn't want to go with them where they're, where they're, he's like, well, get in the car and go with us, you know, to wherever. And he doesn't want to. And Jake forces him to go, off to wherever they're going to go next yeah he he's starting you're starting to see that he's got a conscience i mean they they do some stuff with it but it, it doesn't i don't feel like doesn't really make much of a difference ultimately at the end um yeah. but also too like let's be honest the guy playing vince just does not have the caliber to pull off some of the subtleties that this yeah. kind of a, a character shift needs you know and he's just does so much face acting in this movie it's 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 him it's it, acting it's like him and linda blair went to the same acting coach and yeah. that acting coach was like 
just always animate your face and always animate your eyebrows and something will emote out of it. And you're like, no, I don't sit here and talk to you, Zach. And you, and like your face doesn't contort and make all these different changes. You know, it's just like, it's, it's really weird. But at the same time, like we've said in the past, it's these weird things, these weird decisions that the actors make that really ultimately makes this movie stick around and makes it a cult classic. It's just weird, yeah. And and you know the guy is like, the guy who plays Vinny. Yeah, he's just. It's so distracting. He looks so dramatically older than he's playing, but he's still he's still the size of a freshman in high school. Right. So, yeah. He's um, like he's like five foot five. Yeah. I feel bad for the guy. And he's clearly again like thirty, yeah. like everybody else, but he's five foot five. And meanwhile, Jake is like eight feet tall. Yes, um, exactly. Which is great for him, for you know, the character. So, anyways, cut back to Club MX. And Francine and Richie are talking about how they want to. Uh, so the whole the whole gang's together, Brenda and the gang, and Richie's talking about. Uh, France Francine and Richie are talking about how they want to get out of Hollywood. Uh, they want to go, you know, get a farm or like go live on a farm somewhere. And um, she goes off to the bathroom. Same time, Jake and the rest of the gang walk into Club MX. I'm like, oh shit, shit's gonna go down. And Jake spots Fadden again. Hey, where you been? Where you been? And, uh, <laughs> and so they sit down with Fadden, and and finally Fadden gives him some money. This is a really like this scene goes nowhere in a sense because he gives him the money and he's like, "Well, well can I go now, Jake? Can right. I go, can I go now?" And he's like, "Yeah, get 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 out of here." And then yeah. he leaves. And then I was I mean the- I was kind of happy that Fadden survived that little encounter, you know. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, in a way, I'm like, oh, okay, that's kind of surprising that they just let him off like that. Yeah, agreed, Uh, agreed. And then after that, they go back to like kind of giving Vinny shit for just you know being still being broken up about what happened to Heather, and Jake grabs his balls. Yeah, Jake grabs his balls, and then isn't this when Fargo (laughs) grabs the waitress lady? Yeah, Fargo grabs the waitress, starts grabbing her breasts, and I'm just like, which is Fargo's move now? Apparently, like we've already seen it with Fadden's girlfriend, and and now this. And my my initial note is. Are there no bouncers in this club? Like, where the fuck? Are, and and that'll become even more apparent very soon. Yep. But right now is where the fuck are the bouncers? I mean, well, and then also that set design is absolutely terrible. It's just a bunch of fold out tables. It's supposed to be a club. Clubs aren't yeah. fold out tables like that. That's crazy. No, th- this this is like this is low budge on the budge. Like, they, yeah, this is probably. This scene looks like they needed one more scene and they had no money. That's what it felt like. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And yeah. And I thought the same thing too. I'm like, where the fuck are the bouncers to this club? Because this girl is practically getting, you know, raped on the outside and, uh, and no one's doing shit about it. Yeah. And then finally, and Oh, and I don't know if you noticed this, but, kind of at the same time red is doing the knife trick with the like from aliens yes they didn't zoom in on it but they that you could see that he was doing something with his knife and i mean it's it's yeah i was like okay well when did uh aliens come out came out after this actually yeah Yeah. Uh, interesting yeah um yeah but yeah he red was doing something with his knife yeah i have a feeling that that like that was just a thing you know yeah Um, but from there you cut into another really killer rock song uh that probably the dudes on stage were not playing but it still sounded cool nevertheless and um frankie or sorry frankie 
Franny's coming back from the bathroom and then Jake grabs her, accosting her. And I actually really like this part because two random dudes walk up. Uh, okay, yeah, no, I have, okay. So so I tracked the fuck out of this because I was fucking blown away. I, I'm not trying to like step on your, your toes or anything with it, but yeah, no. like, like so Francine is exactly like you said, is getting accosted. And the first time I watched the movie, I didn't realize that the two guys that come to her aid are not her boyfriend Richie. No. I, I thought it was the same guy because I because you don't really see Richie for until right now for the first time. You actually see more of him later, which is kind of it's it's got a weird structure to it. But so like fucking two dudes, two white knights, fucking go to her her aid, yeah, random. And, and they're so and they're rando dudes, and I'm like it's that's such a weird story structure thing to do because you would want like the the girls to go to maybe Francine's aid or her boyfriend or something like that but it's two fucking random guys and and what makes it even more amazing is they hold their own. They actually like so like they go up to and I don't again I don't mean to like steal this from you but oh, I was no. just fucking amazed by it. They go up to them and they're like, "Hey man, you know, like let the girl go. We're all just here to have fun. No one's trying anything. You know, no one wants any trouble." And of course, you know, uh Jake and and um uh, Fargo stand up. Jake again does the whole thing telling Fargo to uh apologize to these guys, you know. Yeah. So, you know, you're doing it's a little red herring type of thing cuz Jake's uh, Fargo's like, "Okay, I'll apologize." and he looks at one of the two dudes uh and he looks at him he's like i'm sorry and then he fucking punches that guy right in the face but then when jake goes to punch the other white knight the other fucking white knight blocks the punch and yeah. fucking slams jake's head down on the table and ultimately you know the the uh, fargo and jake beat those two guys up but i was like dude that one guy that's the hero of this fucking movie. Like, yeah. I want to see a movie about that guy who goes to clubs where there's no bouncers whatsoever and fucking defends women who are getting accosted by pieces of shit. These, I'm like, I want a movie about these guys. Who the fuck were these guys, dude? Yeah, the one guy uh, is slamming Jake's head into the table. Yeah. And, and he looked he looked a little bit like... Um, What's the, the the brother in New Kids to me? Like yeah, just a smidge. He, yeah, he he had like a very sort of generic, uh, uh you know, shaped head or what. Again, because I thought it was Richie. Uh, you know, I thought it was Francine's boyfriend at the time. Because yeah. like, why? You know, every movie that I've ever seen will tell you that that the you know. The, the, the boyfriend will come to the the aid of the girlfriend. Like it's it's just weird. It's a very weird story structure sort of thing to introduce these two white knight characters and actually have them be capable for a second. You know, like and not just immediately get their asses kicked. But yeah, the one guy's got like blonde curly hair, and then the other one is a very generic looking kind of guy. Well, in and and Reggie uh, Fran, uh, Francine's. Uh, fiance, I guess. Richie. He sucks. Richie. He's, Richie, sorry. He, he absolutely sucks. sucks. He, he sucks. sucks in the class scene later. He, yeah. su he sucks at every level. He sucks. Yeah. And at yeah. one point when she's missing because she's now dead, he's just like, he's like, uh, you know, my woman shouldn't be holding me yeah. up. Or I shouldn't have to wait for it. It's like all bullshit like that. Anyway, yeah, he sucks. Uh, the reason why I think he's not even knowing what's going on is because you know, when she went to go to the bathroom, she tells him, she's like, Hey guys, uh, you know, don't try to steal my guy while I go to the bathroom or whatever. So it's already implying to me. It implies that this guy is not like super into her. 
because why would you, if she's feeling that unstable already about this fucking guy so they're probably off like flirting with him having a good time he's totally oblivious to the fact that she's getting accosted finally though he does run up and interacts after the brawl is going on in this weird uh, like club um uh, and with no and bouncers whatsoever with no bouncers and franny you know bites uh uh jake right I think, or Red. Yeah, one of them. Yeah, she bites or red. one she of them. She bites yeah. Red. Sorry, she bites Red. And then Jake gets slashed in the uh, in the face. By, by uh, Francine. She So, so yeah, I mean, it, it should be important to note that Francine is the one that slashes him. That's why she's going to get the, the, the biggest re- fuck back later, basically. Yeah, this is going to come back in, in a really terrible makeup job because at one point it's like a little <laughs> dot and then it's, yeah. it's this huge gash. It's, so. it's very inconsistent. Yes, but that's kind of the humor of the whole thing. Um, yeah, cut from there, you're back at school. And you're in this weird, like, head of the class type moment where the teacher is reading a fucking poem to the whole class. Yeah. Uh, and and do you, can asking, you guess what my first note is? That teacher's got some big cans, too. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Know, know your audience. Uh <laughs> Yeah, and she's really tall. She reminded me a little bit of Sybil Danning from you know, playing with fire. She, she she reminded me of a poor man Sybil Danning. Ser- yeah. Seriously, dude. Seriously. There you go. There yep. you go. S- same same brain. Mm-hmm. Um. So so uh. Yeah. She's reciting this stupid ass poem, and then she asked one of the kids. All all the kids are in the scene, including Vinny in the back. R- um, Richie, by the way. Oh, Vin. Yeah, yeah. So Vinny's in the back, and he's looking like he's gonna have a mental breakdown. And there's some guy whispering something in his ear the whole time. Okay. And I'm like, who the fuck is this guy with his, like, he's, the guy has a cold sore on his face too, by the way. Yes. So, yes. <laughs> yes. He, and that guy shows up in a, I think in the science class later. Yes. And I was like, who is this asshole? Like, what the who fuck is, is like, what's he doing? What the fuck is this asshole all about? But I think that is something knowing, so I didn't find out until afterwards that there was, you know, a bunch of cuts and, and the movie yeah. was very different. So, yeah, I'm thinking he was supposed to be maybe Vinny's friend or something or maybe another Scar or something. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 disjointed and you don't really know what's going on with that. But you do see that Vinny's having a hard time. Yeah. Uh, Brenda's off in La La Land looking out the window and meanwhile, what's going on in the center of this classroom is uh, the teacher asks Richie to recite a, a poem. And he goes, he stands up all proud with his fucking weird speech impediment. And he's like, disco sucks. Punk is dead. Give me rock. Oh, give me, give me head. And I'm just like, dude, you suck, first of all. It's so acting 101. Like, it's so fake. So fucking fame. You know, like that show Fame where it's just yeah. like, over the top, give me rock, give me head. And everyone's shocked, right? And, and, the and so so my second note after the teacher having big cans is uh, <laughs> this is Richie's big scene. This whole scene is Richie's big scene. Yes. Dot, dot, dot. He blew it. Yeah, he totally blew it. He totally it's, blew he it. He sucks. He sucks. <laughs> he totally sucks. And what does the teacher do? She writes down the poem. She tries to turn it into a teaching lesson. Yeah, she's which like, she's way, like, she's like, oh, this, yes, it may be crass, but it actually is a good poem, you know. And then yes, turns it into a teaching lesson. But I'm like, 
Uh, yeah, I mean, first off, you, I guess you can smoke in school, but, like, fucking hell, you can't tell your teacher to, like, give me head, you know? Like, that's just insane. Yeah, because she's like, what does that mean to give head? And I'm like, or something like that. And I'm just like, what, really? No, no teacher would be analyzing what this dipshit just said. She, yeah. I mean, I get it. And so the bell rings, right? Everyone's leaving. Uh, Brenda's totally distracted. And then the teacher's like, oh, Brenda, can I talk to you uh, whenever, after everyone leaves? And Brenda, what does Brenda do in the classroom? Lights up a cigarette. Of course. Of course. Lights it up smoking. and blows it in her teacher's face. And the teacher says, I'm sorry. You know, I'm there for you. And Brenda's pissed. It, it's such a it's really a weak scene because I'm like, in what alternate universe would a teacher ever be OK with her student lighting up a cigarette and smoking and and then just totally ignoring it like i would appreciate her bringing some attention to it like you know what i know you're not supposed to do that but i know you're under stress or whatever you know like it's well, okay brenda well i mean at this point everything tells me that you are supposed to smoke in 1984 yeah. high school so at this point, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean guys this is insane i have it, n- i know like of all the things that i thought i was gonna see in this movie i never thought i would see a supposed high schooler lighting up a cigarette multiple times in high school yes exactly right <laughs> from there you cut to Vinny uh, at his locker and Vinny's a disgusting pervert is what he is because the uh, the inside of his locker is decorated with porn 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 on the fucking inside of his locker room wall how the fuck did he like yeah i saw that and i was like jesus christ like where did you get all those pictures and like like how can you again how this is high school like you know like how the hell is this happening you know what like i i used to put shit on my lock i put fangoria pictures wrestling pictures shit like that because Cause that was cool. And I knew they did locker checks. You don't put porn all over your it's it's guys. It's like graphic straight up porn. You know Anyways. what? You know what I had in my locker? I had that pinup of Julie from return of the living dead part three that came in a Fangoria magazine. You know, you know that shot where she's kind of like already decked out in the, in the S and M zombie gear or whatever. That's what I had in my locker. <laughs> All I know is at one point they, they took all of our stuff, all of our locker decorations down. Well, I didn't go to a shithole school, so that didn't happen to me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my principal sucked. Anyways, um, cut to the science class. And now we're back with like Francine and B. Uh, Francine's Francine is scared, you know, about what happened at Club MX. And uh, Wes walks up and he's talking about how he says – he walks up to Brenda and he's, he says he likes her, you know, and then Cindy walks up. Yes. Like, 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 so yeah, fucking they're all, Wes, they're, they're all together in the science class. right? Yeah. But like Wes is like, he's such a piece of shit. He's like, Cindy's right there. And yeah. so he, he never cares about Cindy ever. His girlfriend. Like, yeah. His, his girlfriend, girlfriend his fucking girlfriend who, I mean, nothing wrong with her. I mean, she, besides from maybe being a bitch, but you know what? Maybe she's not, maybe she's not because her fucking boyfriend's a fucking asshole, you know? So, so maybe she, maybe Cindy's a fucking normal fucking person, you know, like seriously, yeah. because Wes is a giant fucking piece of crap. Again, he, he's he, like I said earlier of the school kids, he, 
he's the bad guy. He's the biggest piece of shit of the school kids. And he just fucking like, he's like, I like you, Brenda. You're, you're different. You, you seem like you're going to like go off at any second. Like, that's exciting. You, you know? And then like, like, yeah, I get it. I get why Brenda would be like, fuck you, man. Like, fuck off, you big fucking goober. You yeah, fucking yeah. hipster doofus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because she's like, isn't Cindy going to get pissed or, or whatever? And he's like, we're just talking. We're, we're just talking. Not no, you're not. You, you literally said, I like you. That's not yeah. just talking. That's like, I, he's a piece of shit. He's a piece of shit. And obviously Cindy's pissed off. Um, rightfully so. And then the teacher walks in. Who's this dweeb? And I love this moment for just a second. Cause he walks in, the dweeb teacher walks in and they sh- like cut to the rest of the class. And the rest of the class is dancing on the tables. Yeah. Stella's like yeah. doing a fucking Dougie or whatever. And it's really funny. That, that's yeah. My uh, first off, I, I, I love Stella's energy in this entire movie. She has, she has no arc. <laughs> she has very little dialogue, but she yeah. gives it her all every scene that she's in. But right here, she's doing this like dance on the, on the table. That's just like, it's, it's silly. It's cute. But like at the same time, it's very, particular i guess right yeah, it's very odd <laughs> yeah it's very, it's very odd. odd i almost wish you could do a screen grab of it because it's so random but and, and she's aged very well by the way oh well black don't crack what um what do you <laughs> recognize the teacher from bro like like right away i was like is he from like police academy or something i swear to god i've seen him as like a nerdy guy before I don't think so. He reminded me of Frank Oz is who he reminded me of. Okay, maybe that was and it. So, maybe I was just given getting Frank Oz vibes and and yeah. And Frank Oz has played um you know, a teacher in Spies Like Us and he's played the police captain or whatever, police in, officer in Trading, Trading Places, Places yeah. and Blues Brothers. Kind of has that authoritative annoyed dweeb look yeah uh that's what i re- I, I didn't recognize the actor himself i don't think he's been in anything because he's pretty bad because he starts to kind of go into his teaching uh voice and mode and it just it, it, it no one's having it it's it's kind of a weak scene uh he walks over a poster oh to talk about um uh, reproduction sex ed. reproduction yeah and he pulls down the poster and they're on the 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 science illustrations of the men man and the woman, there's a giant dick and a big hairy vagina. Yeah. Um <clears throat> to put it mildly. So cut back from there, everyone's laughing and you cut to the bleachers, uh the top of the bleachers now, not under the bleachers, and Jake is with Vinny and uh, you know, Vinny's like having his come to jesus moment he's like what are we gonna do jake heather might die and he's uh, like everyone's talking about it in school and everything yeah and then you know jake's like well nothing's gonna happen if you you know as long as you don't talk yeah right but yeah basically yeah Vinny is is the the loose um you know screw here or whatever the what's the term for that the loose cannon. He's the, the loose, loose cannon. cannon. So, so Vinny here is the loose cannon, um, and and Jake's kind of give him that like you know that that like don't don't step out of line. I'm gonna fuck you up. And then Vinny's like, yeah, like I would never do anything to hurt the scars, Jake. So yeah, he's starting to come to Jesus, but he's not quite there yet. Yeah, yeah. And then you cut back to the science classroom where the teacher's trying to get the class under control. And I love on this on the board. There's a giant. Uh, V-A-G-I, like he's yeah. about to spell vagina, but didn't get quite finished. Um, 
And the teacher calls on Cindy to discuss the reproductive organs. And Cindy's like, you know, I don't talk about that because she's trying to have the like, I'm a Christian. Right. Uh, I don't we don't discuss these sort of things. But but really, she's a piece of shit. She's a piece of shit. And she calls she's going on giving this speech about how she you know, she can't she can't talk about that sort of thing. And then um, talks about Brenda and her sister and calls her sister a retard. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, now you suck. You suck so hard, suck yes. harder than anybody else in this movie. Uh, you and Wes can go get in a truck and drive off a cliff and die uh, because you suck. So at that point, that obviously pisses Brenda off and they start brawling. Uh, and I love this moment. And I'm sure you do too, because as Cindy and Brenda are brawling, Brenda grabs Cindy's top and rips it off. Yes, yes, she does. And I, I was like, <laughs> so on on first viewing, I was like, yes, like you know, I was excited. On second viewing, I noticed that Wes was holding the teacher back from from breaking up the fight between his girlfriend yes. and the girl that he likes. And my note is right here. He's the real villain. Like, Wes is the biggest <laughs> fucking piece of shit. Yeah. Like, he's such a fucking piece of shit. He's holding the fucking teacher back while they're fighting on the ground. And yeah, like, fucking, yeah, Cindy gets her top ripped off. I, that's awesome. And then she runs into the arms of the teacher. The teacher kind of like, you know, like, don't touch me type <laughs> of thing. But like, like, fucking don't forget that her boyfriend was key, was holding the teacher back from intervening. Yes. Wes is a piece of shit. The teacher he's, is whatever. <laughs> he's he's a loser. But Wes is a piece of shit. Yes. And Cindy has some great cans. <laughs> it's actually a really hilarious scene. It and really then is. it's odd because the sound the, the scene continues, but the, the sound cuts out. Yes. There's like no sound. Yeah, so 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 she goes <laughs> running through the crowd out out the door, and there's a crowd kind of gathers around the camera, you know, and so they'll do some like crowd noises, but you can specifically see the teacher yeah. mouthing something that they didn't ADR, and so that's there's no sound to that, but yet they have the sound of the, the kids like talking, which was like ADR or something. It was really yeah. weird. I was like, was what really the fuck? Oh, that was a shitty cut, but yeah, whatever. it was. Um, and now you've got the final scene with pr- pr- principal principal underwear uh, in his office. And he starts off with Brenda's in there with him. And he basically says, um, you know, I'm sorry about your sister, but she shouldn't have been there in the first place. Yep. And I'm just Piece like, Oh my God. Oh my God. You Piece suck. Of shit. Wow. Piece of shit. And, uh, and then he suspends he suspends Brenda. And is this when he says to her, like, I like something like, I don't get it. You're, you're smart. You're, you're pretty. You've got a great body. Was that earlier? Yeah. Okay. Okay. You're bright. You're bright. You got a pretty face. You got a great figure. Yeah. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Yeah. He's, he's a piece of shit. He that character principal under underwear is a real piece of shit. (laughs) So from there, (laughs) you cut to outside. Brenda's with the girls, uh, you know, get making, wedding plans for Francine. Um, and then Brenda, this is a foreshadow because Brenda's like, Brenda says, nothing's going to ruin your big day. <laughs> like, yeah. unless you die. Yeah. Um, <laughs> unless you and, get an incredible Hulk thrown off of a bridge. Yeah. And then you cut from here. <laughs> I love it. Oh God. Yeah. It's hilarious. Uh, from here, you cut to Francine at, at a wedding store. It's 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 Maria the the friend. Uh, it's her Maria's mom, right? Mom's yeah. wedding store, and Francine's putting on the wedding dress, and you know, 
I don't know. In some ways, I'm like, this is, feels realistic. They're like white trash. Uh, Francine looks white trash. She's, you know, she's not the, she's not the uh, the most good looking tool in the shed. Uh, but it is neither here nor like. It feels very realistic to me. Like this young girl's gonna get knocked up and married. You know. Yeah. No. And and my first note here is that wedding dress is ugly as fuck. Yeah, it kind of goes with the person. Never mind. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it kind of fits. So. Uh, from there, you know, uh, Maria's got to go. Uh, she's got to, she's, Maria leaves, and then Francine has to leave on her own with the wedding dress. She's walking down the street, uh, down the boulevard. Really quick, did you see, like, when Maria leaves, there's some lady or extra outside that looks exactly like Maria. She's, like, wearing the same outfit and shit. Oh, shit. And, I like, the same that. hair. And I'm like, I look at him like, what are the, and she looks, like, confused. So I'm like, what are the chances that there'd be someone walking by that was like looking like it looks the same? It's really weird. That's hilarious. That would be way funnier than like her extra just happened to walk on the scene and then realize she's not supposed to be there. Yeah. If it was just some random, actually random, random pe- person outside, that would be yeah. 10 times better. Uh, um, yeah. From there though, Francine's walking down Hollywood Boulevard with this giant box dress on her side. And uh, she's being tailed by Jake and the gang. I just wrote down, oh, no. Because I, yeah. I, didn't, I, I didn't know what was going to happen. I kind of knew it was going to happen. But I'm like, man, really? Yeah, okay, I, I get I, it. We're, we we got to build up to something worse. than. I didn't know it was going to happen either. I, I Right when I saw that, I was like, oh, man, my stomach kind of sank too. Then, yeah, it's, it's just... It, because you're rooting for Francine at this point. Like, yeah, you are, I don't know. You know. There's a genuineness about her yeah. when she's ha- putting the wedding dress on. I'm like, I, I feel for her. I'm like, I'm happy for her, even though she's getting married to a douchebag. Yeah. Um, but Vinny is in the car with Vinny, Red, and Fargo, and Jake are in the car. And Vinny's like, keeps going on about her. We're just going to scare her, right? You're just going to scare her. And I'm like, dude, you suck. And I get it. He can't do shit. He's powerless. And yeah. he's forced into it. Now, suddenly, Franny's downtown. We're at Hollywood Boulevard, and we cut to downtown L.A. in the somewhat in the warehouse district, which is, it is it's fine. It's not like tough turf where suddenly you're in the valley and then you're in Santa Monica riding your bike. Uh, yeah. You know, but it, 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 that's where she is now. Yeah, aside from where it started, I feel like the rest of it tracks as uh, East L.A. slash Boyle Heights and stuff. Like, I, I feel like a, uh, if you just take out the where the whole thing starts, the rest of it tracks much, yeah, much yeah. better than, than Tough Turf ever did. Yeah, it's fine. It's just yeah. more like, oh, wow, she must have been hoofing it. So, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Jake's, I noticed at this point, Jake's cut on his face has gotten worse and the whole reason they're trailing francine is jake wants revenge for francine cutting his face exactly Uh, if i didn't mention that and i did now so um yeah they chase they're chasing francine now she realizes she's being chased and Vinny keeps asking if they're gonna scare her you know just gonna are they gonna hurt her are they gonna scare her uh and, and francine's running from them and she still got the dress with her, which is kind of funny in a way because I'm like, you just fucking throw that dress on the ground so you and can run. Book. Yeah, and just I don't run, care. girl. You probably got a deal on that thing because your your BFF is the daughter of the owner. But whatever, just get ditched the dress. Uh, suddenly, she's on one of the bridges in Boyle Heights, one of the famous bridges. They use that bridge for so much. I mean, they use it in Nine of the Comet. Yeah. Um, and she's surrounded by 
Jake and the gang. And, you know, they're like threatening to hurt her, you know, and then suddenly she doesn't, you know, she doesn't fucking give, she gives it right back. Like she's, she's, she's not, she stands her ground. Yeah. Yeah. She stands her ground. And that's when Jake picks her up. Fucking a la Ultimate Warrior. Yeah. Presses her high in the air. Presses her high in the air. And throws her over the bridge like a a bag of trash. Yeah. And she just slams to the ground. They don't show it. They show it after she's hit the ground. But you hear it. And she's dead. She's dead. So not only is she dead, but the fetus inside her body is now dead. So he's killed two people. Yep. Yeah. Dude. That shit was fucking hardcore, man. He fucking pressed her, man. He he lifted her up and he screamed like like the ultimate warrior and he fucking just tossed her like trash. And yeah, they're gonna get what what they deserve. Yeah. So now Vinny freaks out. They all split. Uh, Vinny runs away from Jake and Fargo and Red. Cut back to Club MX. And Reggie's with the girls, and they're waiting for Francine. Richie. Why do you keep sorry, calling him Reggie? Reggie, Richie. <laughs> I wrote down Reggie again. I'm sorry. <laughs> Fucking Richie. Uh, yeah, because he has nothing to do with Reggie from uh, Phantasm whatsoever. Right. <laughs> but, and, he, and he's like, you know, he's kind of making a joke, but he's doing that. I, I just I just hate douchey guys. He, he sucks. He I hate sucks. douchey guys. I hate guys who, like, jokingly say that. Oh, my wife should be in the kitchen making me dinner right now. Huh? Like blowing up that stereotype of like yeah. what women should be doing versus what men, you know, men are the alpha male. Like he's like, doesn't she know she's not supposed to make her man wait? Huh? Yeah. Like, dude, you suck. You fucking yeah. suck. You're I hate talking Richie, to a man. bunch of other women. Like they're going to be backing up going, yeah, you're right, Richie. I- I love how Stella's like, you better watch out. Like, fucking Francine will cut you up or something. You know, she she stands up for her friend. I Stella's awesome. She's she's an unsung hero of this As movie. As she should. And honestly, dude, like, that was the one, one of the flaws I had with this film was when things start going the revenge route. I'm like, why did the other girls not be like, yeah, let's get this shit done. Let's, yeah. like, let's... All together, if they're supposed to... If they're, if they're supposed to be this gang which they kind of allude to with their matching jackets and shit that you, and they, they're called the, the, the satins, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Now, they should not be, the Satans, the satins, which is I, I kind of clever. Dig that. I, I thought dig that, that was name, clever. Dude. I like that. Yeah. yeah I, I think that's, it, it's, it's like the Lizzie's and the warriors. Yeah. Um, whatever it's, it's, it, it's just a, it's a loose moment where I'm just like us, oh, Richie, you suck, but you're, and you're, now uh soon to be wife is dead uh, and, and, and my only thing is like why are they air why are they there not during like regular hours i th- i feel like there was i feel like the, there was a storyline there that that just got dropped so to go your route of you know creating my own storyline the the owner of the club charlene is like a mother figure to all of the girls. Yeah. She was like, maybe she used to be in a gang right. uh, of girls and that she owns this club, which is like super friendly for everybody. And they've been going there. They, uh, maybe, you know, Charlene is Brenda's godmother 
Yeah. And she she was good friends with her dad or something like that. You know, okay. she's been kind of looking over the gang for a while now. So that's okay. where I go with it. I'll take um, all of that. I'll take all yeah. of that. Okay, cool. You, you're going to take it. You're going like to take it. it. Take it. So now cut to um, Dr. Hospital. Doctor Hospital. <laughs> Doctor's Hospital. And Vinny's at the hospital looking very disheveled. And he's he's obviously he's gonna go to Heather's room to check on her. But he's walking past nurses, he's walking past doctors, looking like uh like a crack addict, you know, stumbling down the hallway. My my note is I don't know what you call what Vincent is doing, but it's not acting. <laughs> it's not no, it's it's so it's so just it's weird. It's weird. Yeah. It, it reminds me of like something Martin Short would do for comedy in a, in a, on a Saturday Night Live skit. Yeah, yeah no, no, 100%. But he's not Martin Short, no. and this isn't and a it's comedy. it's supposed to be comedy. No, no, I know. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> no, so, I know. That's it. But, the, but you're so 100% right. He, he's got this Martin Short vibe and energy to him, but it's not a comedy, and he's not as talented. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So this this no talent, this not less talented Martin Short. <laughs> gonna be careful because we're gonna be blowing up one day, and all these people are gonna be like, "Hey, I heard your show. Fuck you. you fuck you, know? you. Go fuck be yourself." Be like Richard Band. I gotta take umbrage with you about the thing you said. By the way, <laughs> we didn't say that. We it was on a Blu-ray. It was, um, yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, so so he goes in and finds Heather's op, uh, room. And he's talking to her while she's laying there, you know, in her coma or whatever. And he's like, you know, I didn't want to do it. Uh, I'm just their friend, and I was just hanging around with them. And, he, and then he's then he finally apologizes. First thing out of your fucking mouth if you rape somebody is you say you're sorry, <laughs> but you're not because you did it. Uh, and he's like, I didn't want to hurt you. Um, they just, you know, they threw me on top of you. Part of me is like, I get it. Yeah, I get it. Like, you know. They, they did. They did. You, he, they forced him on you. Um, but he still had to have a heart on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 Yep. So, nope. You're 100% correct on that. Can't can't change that right there. So, yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. And yep. unless so, he was unless he was stuffing the, the loose noodle in there, you know, <laughs> the which, limp noodle. <laughs> dude, I never, thank God, never been down that road. Hopefully, <laughs> that's weird. Uh, oh, you know what? I remember when John Wayne Bobbitt got his dick cut off. He did yeah. a porno after that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And I remember uh, our video store, Video Man, we had we got the porno because yep. Robert was like, this is going to be a big renter. <laughs> and I remember watching it. I'm just like, oh, I, I want to see what, what's doing with this thing. And, you know, and they do the close-up, and it's and it's just like, it's like ramming. It's like trying to fill sausage, ca- sausage casing, but the sausage meat is just kind of <laughs> falling all over the place. <laughs> Good God. You can't get it in there. It's just not fitting. Um, anyways, so at this point, you know, he's he's confessing his sins to to brain dead Heather and uh, or almost brain dead. And Brenda walks in. And she just just goes off on him and starts beating the shit out of him. And he runs off. He and it's so weird because he's like, no, no, as he's getting like smacked in the face by her. But he's not even like like reacting to the smacks it's it's such a weird scene because the guy who plays Vinny, his energy is so fucking weird it really is yeah it's really weird and and i you know i'm always down for a cool montage and the upcoming montage they have is from Vinny's perspective when he raped heather and i'm yeah. like why do they have to do a montage of 
the worst scene in the movie. Yeah. So as Whatever. Vinny like like freakishly runs down the street, they keep cutting to like yeah. these shots of yeah of like kind of like what's going on in his head. But at the same time, he runs like a weirdo. So like you're also distracted by how weird he's running. Yeah, I feel like he's he's the the buddy on the Wonder Years, the all mm. grown up. I you know? I was going more for um, uh, Vince Tully in Ghostbusters when he when he runs and knocks <laughs> over that guy's uh, boombox and, and the guy on the horse goes, "What an asshole!" <laughs> yeah, even better, dude. That's way better. Uh, too much credit. So <laughs> Vinny runs off. He's having his flashback about raping Heather, which is really uncomfortable. And then uh, cue one of the best songs in this in the movie, "Justice for One." Justice yep. for One. Oh, it's so, dude, 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 John Farham. It's just, I'm just telling you, it's so good. Um, and the lyrics are like, you know, justice for her. This, oh, it's, I, I'm not going to do it justice. Uh, you're, you're not, but it's, it's wild, guys. It's Those wild. lyrics are wild. And it, it, it's, it cuts to Brenda getting ready to get down and take revenge. Is this her in the bathtub? Yep, she's in the bathtub. Pondering and, what she's going to do. It, she's so it cuts to Linda Blair smoking in a bathtub and you know Linda Blair is interesting because she's got a really young looking baby face but a woman's body yes yes and, it, like you know kind of uh, roundish cheeks and mm-hmm. uh, it, sometimes I feel like the face doesn't fit the rest of the package <laughs> but but nevertheless it's 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 a it's a it's a very revealing shot yeah and, ne- and nevertheless neither of us are complaining at all <laughs> <laughs> and you know it's funny because she's in the bed she's in the tub naked with smoking a cigarette or whatever and and for me i'm like she's contemplating what she's going to do next this is getting her ready to throw down and it does. She starts putting on an outfit, really sexy outfit with the zipper down the middle with the, you know, da, 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 da. And as she's getting all set up and ready to party, phone rings at her house. Her mom answers. Um, her mom just found out that Francine's dead. She goes to, Franny's dead. She goes to tell Brenda. She goes to her room and Brenda's window's open and Brenda's gone. You go to Vince's home. Um... And Brenda goes, knocks on the door. The dad answers. Uh, the dad's like, you know, you can't come in. It's school night. And she gives her whole cutesy like, well, you know, we're working on a project. And, and I really just need to talk to him for a few minutes. Can I come in, please? E- course, even though she has like full eyeliner, full lipstick, her hair's made up. She's looking like a floozy. But yeah, yeah, she looks like a lady a of the school, night. Yeah, she looks like a lady of the night. And this is still a school night. But that's yeah. neither here nor there because soon – with her and Vince in the scene, her crazy eyes. So at this point, moving <laughs> forward, Linda Blair, all of her acting is in her eyes and her left eyebrow. And guys and gals, it is a wild ride to see all the eyeball facial reactions that Linda Blair makes in this movie. Yeah, she she threatens to kill Vinny when she gets in as soon as she sees Vinny, and Vinny's like confessing everything to her. And yeah, her face is like, it's, it's, uh, it's like a pinball machine when you're flicking the little tabs back and forth, you know, it's like flicker, flicker. Yeah. It it doesn't stay like it's, it goes crazy eyes, left eye, eye, right eye, eye, like it just eyebrow. Like it, there's always motion happening in Linda Blair's eyes. It's 
wild. I don't even know how to describe it, but it's just she's always doing something. And then I watched the the documentary afterwards, the interview with her, and she's talking about the movie, but she's not doing all this crazy shit with her eyes. And I'm like, why didn't you just do that in the movie? Just talk normal. Like, why do you? Why? I I know you can do better, but why are you doing that? Why why is that happening? I think she's actually I think she's gotten a lot better as she's gotten older. I, I think uh, yes. I think she's gotten more subtle. I think she's she yes. understands subtlety as she's gotten older. Yes. And this is just like I get it. You're crazed, you want revenge, you're over the top, you're gonna do whatever it takes to, to but but she's also very smart about what she's about to start doing. So, mm-hmm. you know, as crazy as one might be, if you got that much brain power going on, you're not going to get that bonkers. You know, she spares Vinny. She doesn't slash his, slash his throat, which I kind of feel like he, she should have anyways. I mean, like that, she should have. She was supposed to. I mean, she found out that Francine is dead with the knife against Vinny's throat that took an incredible amount of self-control not to kill him. I thought he was just right when he said, Oh, Francine's dead. I didn't, you know, I thought that was, she was just going to go slip and just, that was it for Vinny right there. Yeah. I, I get, from a writer's standpoint, I get why they didn't do that because I guess he has some redeeming qualities. It wasn't necessarily like his right. fault, quote yes. unquote, right. but she still should have slashed yeah. his throat. I yeah. think if the, if you remade this movie now, she would have killed him. Agreed. Because I think Agreed. now at this point, he was just like, nah, fuck it. So anyways, from there, Brenda goes shopping at that famous surplus we saw in the beginning of the movie. She yep. obviously got her crossbow and bear traps. We're now at the uh, one hour and eight minute mark of a 90 minute movie. And I'm like, okay, we've had about like almost 45 minutes of time of like building up to this, which you know, goes back to my whole point of like, this is a slow burn in that sense of the actions finally going to pick up in the last 20 minutes of the movie, which happens often with these movies. We just overlook it. I think. Hey everybody, Corey here. I just wanted to let you know that we'll be right back after these short messages. October 31st, 1981. It's the night of the party at Jerry's Arcade. It's the night all the kids have been waiting for. It's the night they have been waiting for. There's a new game at the arcade. It's Killer. Polybius. From David Irons, the rider of Nightwaves, the real terror begins. Polybius. Available now from Severed Press. And now, back to the show. We're at the warehouse now, and Jake wants to go take care of some business and wants Fargo's car. And he kicks Red and Fargo out of the car. It's hilarious. He kicks him out of Fargo's car. Uh, to go talk to Vinny. Yes. Deal with well, Vinny. Yes. Well, yeah, they, they don't know that. They don't. And, yeah. and they want to go with him. But weirdly, he's actually a good friend by not taking them with him and making them an accomplice to murder. That's a yeah. weird, like, actual good quality question mark to Jake. Well, <laughs> yeah. So what do we have on Jake? On Jake so far, we've got murder because he murdered Francine. 
or Franny, yeah. and then rape. The other guys have rape, but not murder. So right. they're dealing. They're looking at a rape charge of a underage girl. Yeah, <laughs> I love how I'm analyzing this shit. Anyways, yeah, uh, they don't know this, but he's gonna go kill Vinny. Um, but they they go off walking down to the warehouse after he takes off with the car, and they're talking about how they raped uh, Heather, and they're talking about killing Franny. Yeah, and like they're laughing about the whole thing. So they 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 suck. But there's also an interesting exchange where, like, Red is, like, like saying some shit about Jake. And then Fargo, my, my note is, Fargo is hardcore because he says, you want to bitch about Jake? You bitch about Jake to Jake, not to me. Yes. And yeah, I yeah, was like, was cool. I thought that was really fucking cool. I was like, yeah, dude, don't be a bitch. Like, I, I, I it's, again, it's, it's really fucking weird because I'm not at all, like, liking fargo as like a person or anything but like yeah i guess i'm liking what they're doing with them you know like he, he just feels more more complete than your normal piece of shit bad guy i guess i don't he's, know I, yeah. ju- I just like him i like fargo for some reason i don't i don't like him at all but i'll say he's more well-rounded well I, uh, and, and again i don't like the character at all but i i guess i just think that the actor is doing a great job with him yeah he's a good actor and like we said earlier, he clearly was the one that stood out because he's he's working to this day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but uh, th- yeah, Brenda shows up, looking all looking all sassy, and yeah. uh, with and her with her quiver on her hip. That looks really cool. The yeah, the, the very, crossbow quiver on her hip. That's very awesome. Very GI Joe esque. Very yeah. Um, uh, you know, Lady J, right? Lady oh, well, J. no, well, Lady J had the spear, but but uh, Scarlet had the crossbow. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Scarlet had the crossbow. Lady J had the had the spear with the with the net that shot out. That's right. I was tip. never a, I was never a Lady J fan. I was always a Scarlet fan. I'm, I like I was Lady J. Oh, like interesting, Lady J. interesting. Yeah. I like my redheads. Not gonna lie. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. Um, you, you heard it here first. You, you heard, heard it here, here first, exclusive. folks. <laughs> so Brenda invites them into the warehouse, and uh, and and Red's nervous about it, and. Fargo says, "I'm gonna fuck that bitch." Yeah, <laughs> it's Fargo, like, "Oh moron. my god, dude!" You, s- <laughs> I'm sure he loves saying that line. Um, and that's when I wrote the mo- the I wrote down. Did they ever change their clothes? Because at this point, they're wearing the same things they've worn through the whole movie. Pretty uh, much. But you know, as far as timelines are concerned, maybe four days have gone by. So yeah, yeah, pro- yeah, probably. And also at the same time, uh, Red's insanely acid-washed jeans yes. actually look pretty fucking cool, even in 2020. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, no. I, I I'm not, I'm not dissing it. Um, you know, Angry Joe Piscopo. He, 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 he fits his role too. He looks like a porn star, though. You know for sure. <laughs> Anyways. Um, yeah, and, I, and and that's when uh, Brenda walks into the warehouse, and I'm like, yeah, she's packing arrows like a GI Joe character. It's badass. Uh, they walk in, and she's playing like hide and go seek with them, basically in the in the warehouse. It's, and it's Red, a, like a, it's like a fabric warehouse or something. And by the way, did you notice that like Fargo can do that whistle thing through his teeth? Uh, he does it multiple times in the movie, and I've always wanted two things. I've always wanted to be able to do the whistle like with your two fingers in your mouth. Oh yeah, and then he's doing like the 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 teeth whistle. The he's like, I don't know how to do it, but I always, I'm always impressed by it. I, I'm always impressed by it too, dude. Like I yeah, I can't do it either. I can't blow a bubble uh, with. Oh really? So, oh no yeah. shit, really? Yeah, I just oh. I can't. So okay, okay. You know, but I can, can make the guitar noise with my mouth. Can you do the? Can you roll your tongue? Nope, I can't. Oh, 
That's hereditary, by the way. Oh. Okay. <laughs> so they're yeah, they're so they're playing hide and go seek and yeah, Red grabs an axe because I'm like, oh I I know they see her with the with the crossbow and arrows, but but clearly uh, if, you know, on one hand they think, oh, are we going to, we going to rape this girl? And the other hand, he's like, well, I'm going to grab an ax. And I'm like, oh shit. Are we going to, he's hardcore. Yeah. That's um, hardcore shit right there. And then Fargo yells out. He's like, we're going to play hide the salami. And I'm going to hide that salami so far in you that, what does he say? He's like that Chris Columbus ain't going to find it. <laughs> oh my God, dude. And, and then when he does like, at one point he does like this weird bang bang thing where he kind of jumps out and then but no one's there yeah but with he's still, his but with his bandana on me he still does the the faux like spinning the it's weird it's it's, it's a weird shot for some reason it's a funny moment though i i laughed because i'm like oh he's cactus jack from wrestling bang 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 yeah so so brenda the whole time she's cackling and it's 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 actually kind of an annoying cackle. It's so over the top, it's so forced. Well, um, everything she does is over the top. Yeah, it, it's uh, Joe Piscopo, aka Fargo's, walking through the warehouse, and he sees the bear traps on the ground. By the way, there's blood on one of the bear traps. So I was like, oh, you used it earlier for the other scene that's about to come up and reused, you know. I- I wrote that down. I go, why is there blood on the bear trap already? Because they already used it, and then they didn't clean it off. They used it for the scene with Red. Spoiler. Uh, and but Red, and, but Red comes after Fargo. Like I know they, see- they, pro- they shot it out of sequence. I think. Right. Okay. So then when they edited it, it, it okay. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. Yeah. 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 So uh, <laughs> finally, Fargo, like he steps over the bear traps. And then Brenda shows up and he, and what does he say? He goes, he goes, I'm going to fuck you. And then, <laughs> and then slice you, uh, too bad. And then Brenda says, too bad. You're not double jointed. Cause if you were, you're about, you, you, you'd bend over and kiss your ass goodbye. Yeah. And she, Linda Blair cites that line in the interview on the disc, of how much she loves it. Like, she says it, and then she laughs. You know, she just loves it. And I was like, but it's not that good of a line. <laughs> and and in the movie, you do not land it at all. No, dude. And, like, just like I tried to land it when I was reading it disjointedly. But, um, but, but you know what she does land? That, that fucking, fucking that bolt, That bolt arrow right through yes. his fucking neck. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, because she doesn't she doesn't hold back. Right after no. that, she sticks her cross, pulls up her crossbow, pulls the trigger, shoots an arrow through his throat. He's dead. Done. I mean, no pomp and circumstance, just dead. Yep, yep. And then you cut to you cut to uh, red, and you can hear Brenda moaning, and makes it sound like she's you know having sex with Fargo. And uh, Fargo or Red's like, you know, where's the pussy, huh? And then Red finds Fargo. And sees that he's dead. And then Brenda says, now it's your turn with the pussy. (laughs) (laughs) And Red turns around and runs away, but he falls into the bear trap. They don't show it, but it's implied because, you know, the bear trap's right there. And you'll later find out that he did fall into the bear trap. I I really wish you saw it, though. Yeah, Yeah. they should have. That was like a super tease. And who knows, the special effects just didn't pay off or whatever. Maybe they cut it and they... The scene didn't look good. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, guys, it's it's a it's a revenge film with three people you want to see have the fucking business happen to them, and one of the three it it happens off camera. That yeah. was kind of shitty, but I do suspect it had something to do with budget or time or whatever. Yeah, and and at this point, like Brenda had held up her crossbow at Red, but. She didn't shoot, and that's when Red turned around and ran into the traps. Yeah. And um, and then she goes to light up a cigarette, but she can't light up the cigarette with her lighter. This is a little bit of a foreshadow. Yeah. Uh, sort of. Finally, Jake shows up. Oh, uh, cut to Jake, and Jake sees Vinny. Vinny's, like, at some, I don't know if it's a halfway house. I, I'm assuming it was at a friend's house. I, I was actually thinking it was his mom that he was saying goodbye to because he was like, I'll call you when I get there or something. It's a lady, but it's, yeah, we've already established his dad at this one house. And this is like, like a downtown house, like an alley or something. It's like in the city. It's like in LA and he's like saying goodbye. But like, but yeah, that, that one thing is obviously interesting and weird. But, but the, the more weird thing is, is the fact that like, uh, Jake is just sitting there in his car, like ten feet away, and and fucking Vincent doesn't even see him. That's that's the real uh, offensiveness of this scene. Yeah, and and I and I didn't say it earlier, but when Brenda showed up at Vinny's house earlier uh, in the movie, he was packing to like yeah. take off. So yeah. yeah, he's saying goodbye to whether it's his mom or halfway house or a friend's house, who knows? Uh, and then Jake is yeah. 10 feet away in the car watching him. Uh, and he steps on the gas and runs Vinny over. Vinny's dead. Vinny goes through the windshield and knocks off the car. Did you notice there was one shot when the, when the camera slash the car was coming right at Vincent and it was clearly a mannequin or yeah. like, what was that? Yeah. It was just, it, it was like a shitty scene that they just, I'm, I'm, I guess they used the best scene they could. <laughs> right? Yeah. But the, it was either it was either a mannequin or like a stunt guy with a Vincent mask on. Either way, it was uncanny valley. Like it was weird. There was something weird about it and I couldn't put my finger on it. Yeah, there's a couple there's there's a scene coming up later where you're like, oh, is that a Michael Myers mask that guy's wearing? <laughs> yeah. Um, oh <laughs> no, no, that's a paper mache mask, buddy. Yes. Yes, for sure. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> so now Vinny's dead and uh and now Jake is back at the warehouse and he wants to party, he wants to celebrate. And the first time I watched this, I didn't notice there's a huge fucking hole in the windshield. So Jake yeah. like totally fucked up Fargo's car. Oh yeah, Jake fucked up Fargo's car. Fargo would have I mean Piscopo would have been pissed to pote. Um, and, but evil he, Piscopo. Evil Piscopo, sex offender Piscopo, uh, would have been pissed off pode. But but he could he can't be because he's dead. He's dead. And, and we know this because Jake, who now has a giant scar on his face, earlier yep. it was like a looked like a little cigarette burn, now it's a huge yep. scar. Um, opens up the bay door of the warehouse and sees I guess they own this warehouse. Who knows why they are able to go to this warehouse? But um, yeah, yeah. My 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 takeaway was either Fargo or Red or whatever. Their their family owned that little fabric thing, and that's kind of their hangout place. Yeah. But I guarantee you, they they knew somebody through it. So yeah. And from there, uh, Jake opens up the 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 bay door and sees Fargo and Red 
wrapped up together and they're dead tied up and you get yeah. to see red in all his glory with two bear traps one on his head one on his body yeah that would have been awesome and hey real quick you know why the guy who plays fargo is a great actor because i watched his face on the second viewing oh yeah and he in the background even during the action in the second that's going to come up he never blinks or looks his eyes away so you know what he does a great job of just sitting there with his eyes open and never blinking and never like showing his stomach like breathing while he's you know shirtless so you know what good job fargo way to be dead Good job, sex offender Piscopo. Piscopo. <laughs> Evil so, Piscopo. Evil Piscopo. Um, and now you hear your next asshole, and and Brenda uh, is ready to party. Jake turns around and gets shot in the leg with. Uh, so he Jake pulls a gun out right after she says this, and he starts shooting randomly. Yeah, I counted. He shoots four shots off of a six. Uh, chamber gun so yeah. like oh he's got two shots left and then brenda shoots both through both of his thighs an arrow in each thigh which is great it's it's a great special effects you can because of blu-rays and giant tvs you can see so uh, so and i was so fascinated by this but it's amazing so apparently the actor had like these strings going to his leg so they essentially just like kind of threw the arrow down the string but you could kind of see the string uh going to his thighs you know but the i mean Aside from that, it was really fucking good. Like, like, yeah. like it was would have been. Here's the thing: it would have been so much easier for the special effects people to just give her a gun and have her and just have squibs there. But they had to actually make it so that the arrows hit him in the leg, and it's fucking fantastic. It is really well done for a low budget film. Yeah, because when after he's down with the arrows in his leg, and he pulls the arrows out of his legs. Yeah. It's ch- you see the meat. Yes. Y'all know that those arrows, they go in easily, but they don't come out easily. They're supposed to go all the way through. No. And he pulls the, the, the flesh out of his out of his thighs, which is really gross in a, in a cool way. Like, that's what you want to see. Yeah. And in my note is, I think you're going to need that meat in your leg. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, because he's able to walk a little bit better than I would have expected, but that's neither here nor, nor there. So let's not forget the fact that he shot off four rounds off that gun. There's only two left. He reloads the gun, Got apparently. Yep. Um, and he shoots two. He fires off two more blasts, but then he's out of bullets now. Yep. Which I'm like, okay, well that makes sense, but I thought he reloaded, but whatever. Yep. Um. Brenda no, walks. Everything you just said is 100 percent true. <laughs> yeah, Brenda walks out of the shadows, and uh, she's like, "You know, you didn't get me, but I'm definitely gonna get you, bro, bro." She is so bad at delivering these lines. <laughs> I, I know, mean, look, dude. like I love Belinda Blair. She is a household name. She is fucking beautiful. Like in this movie, she is stunning. She is a beautiful woman. And I think she's probably a good actor in other things, maybe. But here, just when she's trying to act tough, the way she lands these lines, and she's it's all eye, eyeballs and eyebrows. It's holy fuck, man. Holy fuck. Yeah, she she rattles off, uh, you know, if, if if at first you don't succeed, try, try again. And yeah. it's like, oh, man. it's She's trying to be tough so hard, you know? You, you know, I it would have been way more effective way more entertaining if she didn't say anything 
and mm-hmm. and the whole time he's like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sorry. What did I do? I'm yeah. sorry. You know, yeah. she didn't Dude, say shit. That would have been fucking awesome, bro. I would have liked that. Like, because let's be honest, when you have reached your breaking point, you're not rattling off cliche lines. You're yeah. you're infuriated. Yeah. You know, uh, but it is what it is. You know, she's. Yeah, it's it definitely takes you out of the scene. You were like, it's a groaning moment. You're like, oh, come on, Brenda, come on, come on, really? And what's about to happen in a little bit takes you out of the scene too, in my opinion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, she's teasing Jake. Uh, Drake, Jake is is able to get up and hobble off. Uh, she gets in her, she 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 walks down like an alleyway or something, and where her car is parked. And she kind of secures this gate with a wire to like kind of make it hard to open. Um, Jake hobbles after her, which is weird. I'm like, what is he really? Okay, I would want to get away at this point. Uh, but he goes, follows after her to this gate, opens up the gate, and when he does, there's a chain at the base of the gate which wraps around his legs, which is kind of cool. And Jake is like strung upside down. He's hanging upside down. That was kind of cool. I was it's like, cool. yeah, that was neat. That was yeah, fine. I love that. And I kind of looked at I like this. I kind of like this scene in a way or what, at least the way Brenda plays it where, uh, you know, she's looking at him and she's like, you look, so she drives off and pulls the chain up and that's why he's hanging. Um, cause the chain's connected to the car. She says, you look like a pig in a slaughterhouse. that's ready to be butchered. You know, ever wonder what a pig feels like before they slit his throat? cut its balls off like i kind of like i kind of liked her delivery on that i yeah. felt like that was more appropriate yeah th- because th- he's this hanging was, there yeah yeah this was the last time that uh brenda was cool last time exactly yep uh but jake as he's done i think three times now in the movie he spits on he spits <laughs> yeah uh he spits his mo <laughs> yeah he's yeah he's spit three times now uh and then he slams the the gate of this door that was like rigged up earlier into Brenda. Uh, and when he does suddenly Brenda, who's tough as nails, take no prisoners, ready to party becomes this meek, like weak cliched, uh, Friday the 13th victim. Yeah. That's running in the woods and she's tripping over shit. Like she's now become the, the least likely to live scenario type character. Yeah, yeah, and which dude. really sucks. It really sucks. It just totally deflates how badass her character is. Yes, for the next good, good uh, five more minutes. Yeah, you know? no, till till the end of the movie. Yeah, she plays this role of of being meek and and like like un uncapable, like incapable, right? Like like it's so it's so weird. It's so jarring. And, you know, like, my, my wife didn't watch this movie with me. Um, I, I We kind of ran out of time the first time, but she caught the end of it, and then she caught the end of it, like, twice, because I, I watched I watched it twice. And she was like, why the... Even my wife was like, why the fuck is she, like, whining now? Like, I thought she was the badass. And I was like, yeah, I, I, I did too. Like, yeah. I, this... I mean, you know, ultimately, I, I like where it goes, but I don't like what brenda does like i just it's just why why did they neuter her she was so badass why did they neuter her yeah i don't i don't get it because because after after he slams her head and she's on the ground he's able to get free 
some way. And, and she uh, was like so knocked out by yeah. that hit. Like like he's upside down and hurt and he hits her with like the 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 chain link door or the yeah. fence thing and I'm like but she's like so like decimated by that. She's like on the ground yeah. like writhing from the pain. I'm like what the f- Come on, really? She's Peter. She's Peter from Family Guy where he's like, "Oh, yeah, 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 oh, yeah. for 30 yep. seconds, right?" Yep. And mm-hmm. uh and he gets on top of her. He he gets free from the chain. He gets on top of her and you know, she's moaning and fucking acting super victimized. And uh but she grabs a knife and she sticks him in the balls, which is kind of cool. Fuck, uh, man. I mean, at this point, both of his legs and now either either his dick or his balls, we don't know, but something, some sort of junk related material has now been stabbed. He yeah, this so guy's fucked up. His balls are he's got a giant gaping hole in his balls now. He's got two gaping holes in his thighs, his quadriceps. Mm-hmm. So if Triple H, the the, the professional wrestler, mm-hmm. can't walk because he blew his quadriceps out, you tell me this guy can like basically run after Brenda because she runs off. She she doesn't get in her car and take off. No. She screams and runs away like a fucking like cliche victim, which Fuck, I hate. Dude. I hate I it. I hated it. So hate she it. literally like like if you just just make her not scream. Like she goes yeah. ah, and like like what the fuck? You were the aggressor and now you're like, "Oh god," you know? And I'm like, yeah. "No." No, this is oh yeah, I know. Yeah, she oh. she's like the victim in Hell Night, that movie she was in. Uh and and she's screaming so the rape scene and then this scene right here are the two scenes I hate in this movie, like with a passion. <laughs> so so now she's scared and Jake's in control now, right? And she runs to a paint store uh because you know you can just break into places super easy i guess back in mm-hmm. the day and she grabs a uh crowbar in the paint store and she runs to the front of the paint store to to break open the 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 gate of the of the of the bars of the front of the store and, and she Jake... and she does the worst like acting of like frantic looking around it's like yep. you're right dude it's everything she does and I again, I, I love Linda Blair. Don't yeah, like, yeah, don't yeah. get it twisted. But everything she does in this movie is like acting one hundred and one. It's like, yeah. it's like, hey, how would you in like your first day, the first class, how would you portray someone being frantic looking around? That's exactly how she portrayed it in this movie. Yeah, it's 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 just so cliche. Um, she tries to get out of the store, and then she she. You know, Jake is all fucked up and he screams, where are you? And so she runs away from the the front of the store and now she's hiding by paint cans that are so blatantly labeled (laughs) flammable, so blatantly, like if you couldn't see the flammable sign on these giant stickers, you could see the little flame sign. Just to let you know that these, every single paint can in the store is flammable. Just, Just to let you know. It's not that they put the like the color facing forward. They all have the flammable part of the can facing forward. Giant. Yeah. And and Jake jumps out of nowhere, grabs Brenda, and he's choking her. And she pulls and she pulls the paint can out and she splashes it all over him. Right? He's covered now. He's covered in yep. this like taupey color. And uh I call it a mauve. And <laughs> so um she's got paint on her as well, by the way, yeah, just yeah. just to let you know. Yep. And not that it and, matters. And she put. Oh, so I want to point out earlier, uh, in the scene where Jake is l- lying on the ground with the two arrows in his legs, 
you can there's a lot brenda's lighters like right by his head it's it's right there on i the saw ground. i saw that too i and saw so like, oh, that too brenda's lighter well whatever brenda has the lighter again um <clears throat> continuity continuity is always as a kid i was like i want that job i want to be the guy to to figure out to make sure that shit doesn't happen in movies because it happens all the time well in that same scene you could actually also see the wire uh next to his head where the arrow is gonna like kind of yeah. fly down the wire basically you're like oh come on okay yeah um but anyways brenda has a lighter again and she lights jake on fire uh, Jake crashes out of the window of the store on fire. He looks like Michael Myers. He looks yeah. like, it looks like a Michael Myers mask. It's yeah. hilarious. It's so it's, it's just so obvious guys. If you, and guys and gals, if you haven't seen this movie, it's not a Michael Myers mask because no. Michael Myers mask has a nose. Yeah. This is like a cardboard f- face like a cardboard helmet put on this actor's face and they literally just like drew a smiley face on with like markers, you know? Yeah, uh, it's I told really funny. I I told my wife one of the best in, like one of the most like underrated inventions in movie history is that gel, that gel that is flammable that won't like catch you on fire too because before that gel Everyone had to have those padded like fire suits, and yeah. this is like the worst example of a padded fire suit, mainly for his head. I will say, um, Halloween Two did a pretty damn good job when Michael Myers is torched at the end and comes out torched. You know, mm-hmm. um, this and that movie came out in like 1982. This is not Halloween Two. No, it's not. It's <laughs> so, not. and did you notice that the cop? That pulls up that the, oh. the cop that comes pulls up. Yeah, he he looks like the fucking Terminator when he stands up and like looks at Brenda to the right. Oh, it's he, it, like <laughs> he only moves his head. No. And he's like so. <laughs> no, we. I, I wrote that down. I want to get to that. Hold on, hold on, hold on. So so hold on. So Jake, Jake, yeah, Jake's torched and falls down. Brenda stumbles out to like the entrance of the uh, and you hear police sirens going off, and this cop car shows up. And the cop, the guy, cop gets out of the car. He looks at Jake on the ground, and then he turns his his body like very robotically it's at very, Brenda, it's, and it's like looks very at her so focused. Yeah, and it's it's such a hilarious reaction. It's it's actually, uh, it's it's a replayable scene in my opinion because I actually replayed it twice. I'm just like I just want to make sure he's looking at her this way because it's such a weird like. Argh? You know, you're like, scene? you're like, I want to just make sure that he is a Terminator because like <laughs> it, that's not an actor. They literally got a Terminator. They reprogrammed him to act in a movie and they fucking made him act. And they're like, oh, you know what? This isn't going to work. No, no, no. <laughs> We're going to send you back to the future because you suck <laughs> because his head. He just, he, it's so weird. And it's so funny that we both have the exact same notes on that because yeah. he's like, he's such a Terminator. Yeah. It's like the beginning of another movie. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's 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 really hilarious. It, it's it's worth. Uh, back in the day, my brother and I used to rewind scenes over and over again. Most notably, the the scene from uh, Dawn of the Dead when the uh, the, the cop kicks the door open and gets yeah. his brains blasted out. Uh, it's so great. Anyways, yeah, this is one of those scenes. So um, you know the 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 sirens are blaring and we fade out. We fade out to the next scene, which is Brenda with Heather 
And the three surviving girls, the one that obviously went off to go film another movie that probably made more money. Uh, yeah, because there's one less girl there than should be. Yeah, one less girl. Stella, Maria, and another chick. And um, probably, actually, Stevie, I think. Is yeah, the other. I think it was Stevie. I think the other girl that disappears halfway through the movie is Rachel. Yes. Um, Stevie is the one. Yeah, Stevie last till the end. Stevie's very cute, by the way. Yeah, she was the headphone one in the, uh, yeah, in the, in yeah. the PE scene in the early in the movie. Um, yeah, they're at the grave site of Franny. So it's nice to see that Heather's back to normal. Yeah, yeah, he- Heather survived, yeah. Yeah, and they're placing flowers at uh, Franny's grave. And Maria's, Maria says it's not fair. And, uh, and then Brenda says, well, at least she knows we made things right. And yeah. then I think the girls say to her, well, you made things right. Yeah, yeah. They they gave her the knowledge uh, of yeah. They they acknowledged her on that one, and uh, and Stella's there too. Also, yeah. Stella's one of the ones. And then you cue the uh, the No More Innocence, No yeah. More Innocence by John Farham. Again, I think he's got four songs in this movie. All four should be downloaded and put on your phone because they're so damn good. Yeah. Um, it it's a weird moment because the three girls walk off and leave Heather. And Brenda there a little bit longer. Yeah. And then they leave their flowers at the grave and then they walk off. And um, I'm and then cues the credits and scene. That's the movie. Yeah. Um and you know, it's funny because it ends really well. Like I, I dig the ending. I feel like it, it, it's a nice button on the uh it closed the chapter on an exploitation revenge flick. Uh, this is our first rev- re- this is our first revenge flick that was female driven. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think of the movies like Angel. I think Angel was a revenge movie back in the 80s. Yeah. That was similar in tone. Uh, but Savage Streets, you know, for all its flaws and it has a lot of flaws, it is it makes up for those flaws in spades, in my opinion, because yeah. I, it's such a, it's a snapshot of of a of an era that we will never see again. Like yeah. we won't, we just we won't. And so there's major nostalgia feels for me. Um, I always say like nostalgia. I think you might have said this too. Nostalgia is a hell of a drug mm-hmm. because you know you look back and you're like, oh man, I did not appreciate this movie when it came out. But now with the lens that I have of like loving all things 80s and this is a pure 80s movie, uh, the the minuses, in my opinion, far get get far outweighed by the pluses. Yeah. Overall for me. I have no nostalgic draw to this film. Um, This film was a wild ride. Because, you know, it was also the first time that I got to experience Linda Blair's acting. You know, I, I knew that she had wow, this, like, ad- I know. I knew that she had, like, this adult career, you know, past uh, The Exorcist and everything. And I knew that, like, I was attracted to her. But, like, you know, so I go and watch the movie, and I'm now shocked that she just is, it's just, I mean, 
I always say this. It's the director's job to direct the actors. So yes. if the actor's not getting the best performance, I always say it's the director's fault. Um, and I just, I just don't think – I think she probably needed a director that could probably – work with her a little bit more, you know, um, but knowing about the, the money and the constraints and everything. Um, this movie was such an eye opener, you know, uh, uh, to, to Linda Blair's body of work and everything. And it was just, it was, it was, it was crazy. It was bad in some parts. It was great in other parts, but to be truthful with you, I loved most of it. My biggest problem I really have with it is that at the end she becomes like a bit of like a, a final girl. She becomes yeah. like a like oh no, don't hurt me. And I really wanted to see her really fuck them back, you know. Yeah, and and it just that was a tough pill to swallow. Uh, you know, even my wife saw those parts and she was like, oh, why is she being such a bitch? You know, like, I thought you were a badass. And I'm like, yeah, like, but I, I do also think, like you said, it, it's a snapshot of the times. And I don't, and I think it's, I don't, I don't think you mean, like, I know you mean, like, like broadly, but, like, I also think you mean, like, it means, like, just how we perceive women characters and everything yes. at the time. It was very much a sign of the times where there was no idea, there was no concept at the time that you could have a strong female, like, like character be in a bad situation and not cry about it, you know, which is weird because Ellen Ripley already existed, you know, uh, from Alien, but Aliens had not existed yet. So we had not really seen uh, a female, like a strong female character. Uh, I don't have IMDb up in front of me. Do you know when Terminator came out, the original Terminator offhand? I think um, it was 84 also. Okay, so it's offhand. probably so. So if it's even if it's at the same time, then you got to figure they're in pre-production. I mean, it's like it's it's. I feel like yeah. Sarah Connor and Ellen Ripley really set the bar for for how women character as strong female characters should be portrayed in a film. And I felt like this was kind of antiquated, right? Yeah. But but all that being said. I I fucking loved this movie. I had a blast with it. I mean, I loved the healthy dose of nudity that's in it. I love the sleaze factor of this movie that definitely helps it. If it didn't have that sleaze, bro, it would definitely be like a, a it would be forgettable. It would be forgettable, you know. Well, but, it would have been a it would have been a after school special. Exactly, exactly. But the the sleaze makes it fun. It does, but it's man, it's 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 a, it's an interesting movie. It's a very interesting movie because it's a roller coaster ride. It really is. But ultimately, like like I I'm watching this and I'm like, okay, where does it fall? And and you know, of the movies that we've seen. And ultimately, I would like basically if 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 I was if me Corey was faced with somebody who was like me had not seen these movies you know what I mean so if I was basically passing down the knowledge that you gave me I would show someone these same movies in the same order you showed me because I think that class of 1984 I think that all you know all the other ones that kind of fit with these same uh, vein new kids and stuff like that I think they're all better than this I think they're all better movies than this but at the same time this does fill a niche like it does 
fill a necessary sort of niche, and that is sleazy programming that Cinemax needs at midnight on a Saturday, right? Like, there is a a need for this, right? There is a niche and a market for this, and it fits it. But I think that, like, I would still recommend Class of 84, New Kids, you know. I would recommend those movies probably over this, Tough Turf, you know, because those characters... They really did a good job with the characters. They really, like, wanted you to care about the characters. This was, like, this was interesting because at its heart, it's a it's a sleazy exploitation film. But the weird thing is what makes it special is that there's a little bit more to it. Is that it's an exploitation film with, like, a moral compass. It's an exploitation film with a purpose. You, you said that specifically before. It's an exploitation film with a purpose. And usually with exploitation films, the purpose is to exploit. Whereas here, they kind of, like, take the genre of exploitation and still try to tell a moralistic story. And I think that is what makes it interesting. And also, you know, on top of it, the Punisher has always been one of my favorite characters of all time. I thought fucking Linda Blair looked so fucking badass in all black with her fucking crossbow. It's when her it's it's <clears throat> when she portrayed her character and and became a fucking wimpy biatch at the end like seriously like i'm sorry but she betrayed her character like that is that's the director's fault he should have been like no she's she should be strong up until the end and that's really my biggest fault problem with this movie i think i think this was a female empowerment movie for men so okay okay uh they, they were at the end of the day she's still inferior to a dude because a dude would yes. not cower. So okay. it's, it's like, okay, you know, we'll, we'll, we're going to make her super strong, super badass, but also remind her where her place is in society. And that is 1984. 1984 was, was, we hadn't reached that level yet. You know, bro, you, I mean, that is the best way to put it. It was like, it's like, we're going to empower you, but only to a point and then we're going to remind you that you're not as strong as a guy. Yeah. And I, I get it. Like, Linda Blair, you know, she even says in the interview, like, there's just not a lot of, like, strong roles for women back then. So I'm imagining she's reading it. First off, she says that the original script, when you know, when she signed on for it, vastly different from, you know, what they got at the end. Um, but I, I think that she was like, you know what, this is probably at the time the best we can do. As as yep. as society, you know, and truthfully, I mean, I I love strong female characters. Uh, maybe it's because I was raised by, you know, a single mom. I think women are vastly stronger than us men uh, in every way, shape or form. Yeah. And uh, I, I love actually like I love strong female characters. I grew up watching G.I. Joe. I love the Baroness. I love fucking Scarlet. I love Lady J. I know that fucking women can kick ass. And yeah. so when she fucking devolved into like a, a, a you know a final girl at the end yeah. I'm like no that's not what I signed on for I signed on to see you fucking kick these fucking guys asses and damn that sucks that that's what we're left with because what came before that was a fun film uh with a lot of nudity so a lot of fun to watch and characters that you like 
that get betrayed by the filmmaker at the end, unfortunately. Yeah. I, you know, and she got her come up and still, she still was able to, just, uh, yeah. you know, flame on Jake right. at the end, which is good. And, and, and I think, you know, I, I just feel like those five minutes of her cowering and becoming, like you said, a final girl. Yeah. That, that takes away from who she is, but you know, and then at the end, but at the funeral scene, she still looks pretty tough and she's still kind of back to her. She still got the job done. Yeah. It was just more of like, she got the guy, she got the job done, uh, from a male perspective. Right. Know? Right. And, and so I would love to see this movie get remade nowadays. You could easily remake this and do it in a way that's tasteful. Uh, you know, if you throw in like a, I don't even know young teenage actors, whatever, uh, shit, throw in Millie Bobby Brown as her first attempt at doing like something more adult oriented. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, I'm not saying she should, I'm just giving, that's the only young actor I could think of, but you know, overall, yeah. I, and I love that Linda Blair said there were not a lot of opportunities at least she had the opportunity. Like I'm, I'm mm-hmm. glad they gave her the opportunity because this film is 30 plus years old and we're still talking about it. Yeah. So it acts obviously has some sort of longevity code red put out a beautiful, uh, tribute Blu-ray for this thing. If it, even though it doesn't have the subtitles outside of that, it has everything else It has the kitchen sink you know, <laughs> code red is code red is like as close to blue underground as you're going to get. Yeah. Uh, you know, as far as like they put out some decent shit, but I'm I'm glad they did. I'm personally so glad I saw this because like like I said earlier, like I, I had a crush on Linda Blair, you know, but I never watched any of those movies. I think because I knew they were bad, I kind of yeah. didn't want to see them, you know, like I knew Cage T was going to be bad and everything. But like I feel like I'm, I'm glad that I have this knowledge of her. And at the same time, like seeing Linnea Quigley in something other than uh, Return of the Living Dead and Night of the Demons, it's, it's really, really refreshing to see her to portray a different kind of role other than a, you know, a, a sex bot or a sex pot or a, uh, you know, a, a demon or something. Um, it's, it's really interesting to, to see that. I mean, I, I love having this knowledge in my database basically is what I'm saying. But at the same time, if someone's going to ask me of this genre, what would you recommend? I, I'd be like tough turf, new kids, you know, class of 84 and then this like truthfully i would kind of do them in order that you did them to me basically and um i think that works so i will tell you that this like i said earlier in the show uh this will this isn't this isn't the first and it will not be the last time we go down this high school teen drama route Bro, I just can't believe there's this many high school. Like, you have a thing. Just like I think at this point, we all know that my thing is the the hardware slash split second yep. weird dystopian future thing. Like, I have a thing. We all get it. You have a thing, and that's this. And, uh, you know, but here, man, Linda Blair, seeing this movie, Linda Blair is the reason to see this movie, you know? And yeah. it's for her crazy acting and her awesome, beautiful, amazing body. So enjoy this film with uh, your your cohorts that 
enjoy the similar genre. Right. Big bucket of popcorn, uh, box of red vines, and just enjoy it. Enjoy yeah. it. Laugh your ass off. It's good stuff. I will say that both times when I watched this movie were pretty much during the daytime, and I had to bl- close the blinds in my living room. <laughs> because, That's a good call. Because it's so inappropriate. But uh, yeah, call. dude, it's 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 awesome. I'm glad if I'm glad I saw it. It was something I wanted to see. Uh, sometimes I feel like you're reading my brain a little bit um, because I feel like you pick movies that I've been wanting to see. You know, I mean, there's a bazillion movies out there, yeah. And you literally pick the ones that like I'm I, I really really want to see, and uh, and I th- I think that's a testimony to how how you know connected we are. Totally. Um, you know, on on a on a personal level and everything so i i love man at the end of the day i loved it i still loved it like i really fucking loved it It, warts and all it's one of those movies where you're like fucking warts and all i i'm just gonna enjoy it and it's mainly because of the healthy dose of sleaze so (laughs) thank you zach from the bottom of my heart oh it's Um, my pleasure (laughs) but you know what's funny the one place you can't get any sleaze is a two dollar lay fee can you tell us about that buddy (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's the it's the yang to our yang, if you <laughs> yeah, will. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's my it's my other podcast I do um, with my buddy Dustin. It's an '80s retro trip down memory lane. We take a movie and a song from the soundtrack and the year that it came out, and we kind of discuss our feelings about all of that. We don't break it down. It's more uh, tongue in cheek humor, sentimental. Uh, fun memories and we interview really great actors um, from that era performers musicians etc we interviewed Eric Roberts uh, obviously you know who that is Vince DiCola the guy who did the soundtrack for Transformers the movie which we already shout out earlier in this episode and uh, we we talked to uh, actually we have an upcoming interview with Ari Gross if you don't know who Ari Gross is he was in house Two. He was in a shit ton of movies throughout the 80s and 90s. Um, There's a great cult comedy called Hexed that he's in. It's hilarious. Um, And he was in Just One of the Guys as one of the nerds. And actually, he tells some really great stories about that experience. So, yeah, $2 late fee. It's fun. It's light. We try to um, uplift people in a dark time uh, by, by just making you feel good and uh, having some fun along the way. Corey, where can we find you at besides our beloved podcast? <laughs> yeah, buddy. Every week you can listen to me talk to our pal, Adam, on Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. And judging by the name, you can probably guess we talk about Seinfeld. Every week we break down a new episode and we discuss it pretty much exactly the same uh, format as Podcast After Dark and everything. You know, we just break it down and have a good time talking about it. But, um, it, you know, if you like what we do here, if you if you liked what you just heard, then uh, maybe consider checking out our Patreon page because you're kind of only getting about, I don't know, a third of the content that we produce. And by the way, we will be producing more Patreon-exclusive content very, very soon. We mentioned the uh, uh, TV Obscura. That's actually going to be half Patreon-exclusive, half not. But anyways, 
check us out on Patreon, guys. We 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 have in our interview series, we have our wrap up after dark series. Um, we have a whole bunch of cool ass shit over there, and uh, you know, for five dollars a month, you unlock everything, and that includes our interview series, which we're gonna have our, our interview with Richard Band dropping very soon. Yep. Next month is um, uh, Caleb Emery from Summer of '84, and we have about third. I think at this point, thirteen interviews up there. So everything from Stephen Jeffries, who played Evil Ed in in Fright Night, to Tom Matthews, who plays Tommy Jarvis in Friday Thirteenth Part Six. So it's it's a it's it's awesome, guys. And uh, you know, every penny uh, of of the support on Patreon goes towards. Uh, back into this the show. I mean, we use the money to basically fund artwork at this point. That's kind of like what we use the the Patreon for is to fund artwork. Essentially. Well, it's everything. <laughs> you, like you guys, uh, you may or may not know this, but you know it it, it pays for booking the studio space that yep. we use to record the interviews or the the merch that we send out to you guys uh or, or you know, the, like ser- the server fees to, server to, fees yep. everything it pays for all the all the little things we can do to make this our podcast that much better for you yeah um and if you're so inclined as well check out our merch page on t public because the clothes and the items on there are dope i just <laughs> got a face mask for um I know Corey got a podcasting after dark face mask and you know, in these times when face masks have become like a fashionable accessory, they look really cool and they're really well made. T public makes quality stuff. I own so much of their stuff outside of the podcast world merch. Um, They make great, great stuff and it's worth the price and they have sales all the time. And guess what? A little bit of that money goes towards us to help pay for all the other shit that we do. So, uh, yeah, like Corey said, at this point, Richard Band should probably be up by the time this episode airs on our Patreon. And uh, and Caleb Emery is a modern actor. If you don't know who he is, look him up because he's he's going to he's a big deal. He's going to be even bigger. And we've got I mean, more. we talked about him in our summer of 84, uh, yeah. you know, um, reviews. So you guys should you guys know, know who he is. And I think you should keep your eyes on him because I think he's going to he's going to keep blowing up. It's very cool that we can, you know, people rarely nowadays want to do podcast interviews because, you know, it's just a different time we're living in, uh, especially because it's all remote. And so if we get somebody and they tell personable stories, which we have with all our guests, um, you might hear something that you never heard before. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, and, and for example, we have a little crossover, you know, uh, you guys interviewed Zach Ward for $2 lay fee and we interviewed Zach Ward for podcast after dark. And he told completely different stories. It's like almost like a completely different interview. So check us out, uh, check us out on, on Patreon, patreon.com slash podcast after dark, uh, check out our merch store. Like Zach said, it's, it's T public, but you can get through, get to there, uh, uh, by going to our website and cl- clicking on the merch tab, it'll just take you right to the T Public page. Um, and then if you could leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts, we'd really appreciate that. Those go a long way in getting new listeners in front of the show and everything, or should I say, uh, the show in front of new listeners. And uh, yeah, we appreciate all the love and support you guys have given us uh, so far. It's been absolutely amazing. So, and as Zach always says, we'll catch you on the dark side.
Join the Podcasting After Dark Patreon community to unlock exclusive monthly content like cast interviews and a fan feedback show. Plus, you get every regular episode of Podcasting After Dark completely ad-free. You can also support the show by rating and reviewing us five stars on Apple Podcasts and by recommending us to your friends. Finally, make sure you follow us on Reddit, Instagram, and Facebook for news and updates about future episodes. Just search for Podcasting After Dark. Have you been wondering where's the beef? Well, on our podcast, Throwback Trivia Takedown, you might just find that out, as well as some other things about the 70s, 80s, and 90s. We're a nostalgic-based trivia show that pits two challengers head-to-head in a duel of the decades, with categories ranging from movies, TV and music, to slang, food, and fashion. You're sure to get the best in retro-themed trivia. So strap on your jelly shoes, grab a surge, and walk like an Egyptian to your favorite podcast app and check out Throwback Trivia Takedown. I heard even Mikey likes it.